No paper for you. No bagels. No paper. Shut up. Adam Curry. John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, March 25th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 3, 9, or 4. This is No Agenda. Proud of my intransigence here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star States. That's right, Austin Tejas, where it's beautiful today in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And, by the way, does that mean you have to take a crap? From Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. What does that mean? Intransigence. No, 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 no. Intransigence is a new word I learned today. Yeah, it means you're stuck sitting in one spot. No, that's not what it means. That's yeah. not. No, that's not what you it means. You're the crapper. No, listen to this. The message is clear. If Iran's intransigence continues, <laughs> it will face increasing pressure and That's isolation. The That's intransigence. No, yeah, it means no. the crapper. <laughs> it means something completely different. It means uh, well, I, I looked it up here. Intransigence. Hold on. Intransigence. Definition. Adjective. Unwilling or refusal to change one's views or to agree about something. There's nothing to do with being on the crapper. Huh. Well, I was sorely mistaken. Yeah. Well, you know, when, when Lucifer Clippity-Clop comes out with something like that, you know, I was yeah, like, oh. It's code. Yeah, it's, it's code. totally code. Yeah. It's Clippity-Clop. Just Clippity-Clop. <laughs> the player again. You came up with that one. I can't remember, <laughs> but That's I like it. a good it. one. Yeah. <laughs> it's Clippity-Clop. <laughs> I think it's from the Lone Ranger. Yeah, it's something like the, is it from the Lone Ranger or no? It no, sounds no. Like a song. It, it sounds no, like some uh, song by Vaughn Monroe or no, something. No, it's from the. the th- I think it's from the, the Three Stooges actually. What? Yeah, I think it's from. That's what I recall. No. Yeah, I think so. Nah. Oops, wrong one. Clip right. of the day. <laughs> Clippity clop. No. <laughs> Here she is. Hold on. It's clippity clop. <laughs> The message is clear. If Iran's intransigence continues, it will face increasing pressure and isolation. That's right. I'm going to kick your ass, bitches. I'm clippity-clop. So you have to do that uh, all the time now. That's actually a great little clip. It's a great little clip. I love it. Yeah, clippity-clop. So what's the deal with the Hunger Games? Oh, I don't know. What is it? Is this a reality show? No, it's a big movie, big hit movie. Really? yeah, it's a, so everybody's talking about the book and the movie, the book and the movie. Oh, it's just like the book. It's just like the book. Oh, it's exactly like the book, almost. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, it's like, I guess, some big book everybody read. I, well, I th- it's a, Why, We're out of it. Oh, we should have read this book, well, or not, you should have. Now it makes sense, actually. Not me. No, no, it's not, it's not, something totally makes sense. Okay. Remember we were talking about Nutter on the last show, that uh, it's illegal to feed homeless, uh, no outdoor feeding for human resources? No outdoor feeding, yes. Okay, well, now uh, turns out there's 20 cities in America with similar rule, rules, including um, New York City. So I think the real Hunger Games is what's taking place now. Listen. Glenn Richter arrived at a West Side synagogue today to collect surplus bagels, fresh, nutritious bagels, to donate to... <laughs> By the way, fresh, nutritious bagel. I, As opposed I, to the other kind. I hadn't heard that in a while. <laughs> ...the poor. But under a new edict from Mayor Bloomberg's food police, he can no longer donate the food to city homeless shelters. It's the no bagels for you edict. <laughs> no bagels for you! I can't 
give you something which is a supplement to the, the food that you already have? Sorry, that's wrong. Richter has been collecting food from places like the Ohav ZX Synagogue and bringing it to homeless shelters for over 20 years. But recently his donation, including a cholent or carrot stew, was turned away because the Bloomberg administration wants to monitor the salt, fat, and fiber eaten by the homeless. Richter said he was stunned. <laughs> it's for food safety, John. Is it, the homeless can want to regulate how much fiber the homeless get. <laughs> hey, 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 you, you ain't pooping right, you homeless bum. apparently bums. that includes getting no food whatsoever. <laughs> it's better than the, too much salt, you know? He says his family has eaten the same food forever and flourished. My father lived to 97, my grandfather Oy. lived to 97, Oy. and they all enjoyed it. And, they did. Uh, somehow uh, we're, we're being told that uh, this is no good. And uh, again, <laughs> no good. I think there's a degree the of mayor. management which becomes micromanagement, and when you cross that line, simply uh, what you're doing is wrong. But Mayor Bloomberg, a saltaholic himself, was unapologetic. But for the things that we run, because of all sorts of safety reasons, we just have a policy, of my understanding. <laughs> hey, homeless hey, let guy. Me get this, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Let me get this straight. Yeah, okay. So... The guy's got, there's a company that makes bagels. No, no, no. This is a guy who goes uh, and yeah, okay. goes, to he goes to all the to a synagogues. Place that makes bagels that, that no, are commercially no, no. available. No, he goes to the synagogues after Temple and picks up the excess bagels that the, that the. Okay, but these bagels were legally sold or they were somehow, yes. they were, they're not illegal bagels. They are not, not only are they not there's illegal, there's something you can buy somewhere. They're holy bagels. Well, there's They're something you can buy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. In New York. So I take something I can buy and I give it to somebody. What, are they supposed to be? What, what, do they have to buy it from me? I mean, how does this, I mean, how can they, I've got the bagel. Yeah, you've got the bagel. And you're a homeless guy. Yes. And I, Not and far I have, from it. I want to give you the bagel, but I can't give you the bagel. Can you buy the bagel from me if I have a license to sell the bagel? Do, I, do you have a license to sell the bagel? Well, let's say I do. Well, no, you got to show me the license. Then we'll have, then that's a different conversation. Right now, you're just a guy with a yarmulke. You can't just be handing out salty bagels. Bagels aren't that salty. Well, these bagels apparently are very salty. Are they salt bagels? No service for you. Can't have the bagel. So this is uh, we know it's happening in Philadelphia or it's also in San Francisco. This went on in San Francisco. This began in San Francisco in the I believe it was the late nineties. Uh, they they ref there used to be this group. They used to have a, a even a big one of those big vans, one of those uh, taco truck kind of things. Mm, the bagel uh, van, a um, catering truck, mm -hmm. and they were used to, I guess, go into the area where all the homeless were, areas where all the homeless were, and essentially create their, their own food kitchen, yeah. soup kitchen. Yep. And they were banned from doing it. But it, but I understand. Meanwhile, if you're going, if you want to stand in line in a soup line. And go to the Glide Memorial Church and some of these other operations of uh, indoor, goodwill, in, I suppose, indoor goodwill, feeding, but uh, indoor Salvation feeding. Army. They'll get, you can go in there and eat. Yeah, I don't get it. Well, this is why. The, what is? What are they? What is the under? What is the underlying message here? It's is a, that it's a promotion for the Hunger Games. <laughs> so listen, it's Orlando has this uh, uh, city ordinance. Houston, Dallas, Las Vegas, New York, as we just discussed. Uh, and how many in total? I think it's... So if I'm driving down the... down, I'm coming onto the, one of the freeway entrances. There's a bum, a bum standing there with a sign. Yeah. You guys, you know, who knows? And I've got a bag of McDonald's hamburgers. Ooh, well, no, that's probably okay. If it'll kill the homeless, it's okay. Oh, okay. It can't, it can't be a nutritious bagel. 
I get it. It's I'm funny get, because I'm getting. I'm starting to get this. Starting yeah. to clear up on for we me. We were at the at the market on Saturday, and I went up to the honey guy, and I said, "Hey, honey guy, honey, um, how come you can't give me a taste of this in public?" He says, "Food service, uh, food safety." I said, but there's there's people over there who are handing out. You know, you can taste uh, cheese and some other things. He said, oh no, because I think the honey. He says, "I don't really know," but you can go to the tasting tent. They have a tasting tent, and there you can have a taste of the honey, a taste of honey, um, because it, uh, the honey is seen as a, a form of produce, and therefore it cannot be sampled. And so I'm talking. They're sampling oranges and apples. No, we don't have oranges and apples at the market yet. I haven't seen them. Now, right. but it gets more interesting. So I'm talking to Farmer Chris. And Farmer Chris, who could be surfer dude Chris, by the way, but he, he's Farmer hey, Chris. Man. Yeah, he's totally cool. Farmer Chris is 6'5", gay as a, as a whistle. And, you, uh, and he you looks better like, hope he's gay. What do you mean? Well, you just insulted him if he was oh, yeah, no. in Texas. Well, you can't call people gay in Texas. You can. Well, it doesn't matter. Is it, is Whatever. It, he's sensitive. I like him. I like Farmer Chris. We have a good rapport. And uh, he sells the eggs and the chard, eggs and chard. Well, and yeah, he's got a nice yellow, dark yellow, uh, almost orangey yolk. He can even say, this was my Dutch hen that laid this egg because it has the spots on okay, it. Okay, well, Chris knows everything. And he says, uh, uh, so, so I say, this is weird, man. How come we can't taste the honey? He said, oh, you know, you got to be careful here. I once got in trouble for recommending raw milk to somebody. And some fed overheard it, and he got in trouble for it. He got a citation. What, the place is crawling with feds? I, apparently. You can't recommend raw milk at the market. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is wrong with this country? Oh, well, you got two and a half hours because I think we have some stuff to talk about. <laughs> There's a lot wrong. But in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to old ships at sea and boots on the ground and feet in the air. And in the morning to all of our human resources who are in the chat room, all charged up and ready to go at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Um, the uh, U.S. human resources from Gitmo Nation proper. Uh, utilizing the $9.2 million value. Unfortunately, if you are from the United Kingdom, as just calculated, uh, you unfortunately are only worth 425,000 pounds as per a new report. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's obvious that uh, people from Gitmo Nation East are just worth less. Uh, so what's 425,000 pounds? About 800,000? About 800 grand? <coughs> no, it's not. That's about 1.6 now. As of today's reading, really? No, it's it's one point, but it's four hundred twenty-five thousand pounds. So, yeah, four hundred twenty. Hold on, let me get you the real it, number. It's here. not even t times two, so it can't. No, it's not times two. It's times one point six, I believe. Right, so it's seven hundred thousand dollars more to no. give or take. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter if you're if you're in Afghanistan, you're only worth fifty thousand because that's what uh, we've paid uh, each of the villagers who were shot to death. Fifty grand. So if you're brown, the right now is one buck fifty eight. Right. So four hundred twenty five thousand times one point five eight. I'm just no, guessing. Do it on the calculator. Yeah, do that. You, you get, wait. Don't you have an abacus? I do actually. <laughs> do you know how to use it? You know, it's it's weird about the abacus. You you forget how to use it, but it, but you pick it up real fast. It's a very effective way to do math. Yeah, if you're Chinese. Not to be Chinese. So, um, anyway, and happy uh, Greek Independence Day, everybody.
<laughs> the president sure thrilled. Well, the president actually proclaimed it. Barack Obama. Therefore, I, Barack Obama, president of the United States, by virtue of the authority vested in me by the Constitution and the laws of the United States, do hereby proclaim March 25th, 2012 as Greek Independence Day, a national day of celebration of Greek and American democracy and beating those slaves into submission. Woot. That's hubris right there, man. You know, sending, sending the IMF goons in to knock people about, take away their pensions, take away all hope, and then say, but you got a day of celebration. It's your problem. Idiotas. Really, it's, uh, it's quite bad. <clears throat> okay. Hey, we should thank our executive producers right at the top. All right, let's rock and roll. Do we have any? Since we, we kind of wandered off right. to uh, thanks to me. Yeah, yeah, we do. We don't have our night listings today, though, so we have to kind of remember who's a night. Like uh, have, one of our our executive producer for today's show is Borislav Marinov, who's hey, cool. Sir Marinov, yes. to you, and, and Eliso Viejo, three 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 dot three three. Happy birthday to me! Two human resources. They turn seven two seven two days age. What? I Send some karma to my wife and coming soon. Human resource. Another kid. I just need to get through the next two point five months. I also sent some karma to my eye doctor, Shala Abidi, or Abedi. That was like a terrorist uh, to me. Just today is one year since she fixed my eyes. Oh. I had a severe form or photophobia for more than two years, and I was looked that up. What's photophobia? Oh, it's where you can't handle any type of light, and uh, and if someone like takes a, a picture and the flash goes off, and and uh, and you happen to be looking that direction, you freak out. Like really, oh. you have to wear dark shades. It's really it's, is that uh, why they always warn you on the BBC. Oh, caution! Flash photography. No, I that, that was no. That's uh, for, for uh, epileptics. Epileptic attacks. Yeah, this is. I had a guy in my first company in New York. He had that beads. Beads Land was his name. It is his name? I hope. And he had that. It was. It was heavy, man. Anyway, he had a problem for a couple of years until he met her. Couldn't even go without. Two sets of shades. Wow. And I had two. Gosh. I had been to 10 corneal specialists and three continents without any luck. Okay. All right. So he so, wants us uh, to distribute the karma evenly between his two current uh, human resources on Earth and his uh, human resource to come. So here you go. And thank you for the support of the show. You've got karma. Awesome. 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 Lucas Hokinson, who I believe is a knight. Selkirk, Manitoba, two fifty two oh seven. Hey guys, too long since my last donation. Figured I'd t- time to do my part again. You've had some kick ass reporting in the last ten or, ten or so shows. Keep it up. Some all purpose karma would be appreciated, Sir Lucas. Okay, here you go. All purpose karma like lube. You've got karma. Andrea Francioni in Montreal, Quebec. Uh, $250. Dear John and Adam, I've been a listener for about 206 episodes now. You've now completely ruined my enjoyment of most news sources. Thanks a lot, assholes. <laughs> Anytime, butthole. <laughs> 106 episodes ago, I mentally douched myself for being part of the 98% who don't donate. Could you please de-douche me now? Thanks, Andy Francioni in Montreal. You've been de-douched. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Kathleen Bowman in Quartz Hill, California, 22222. 
Karma, please, FYI, I want to know what got me off my ass to donate after two years of mooching ways, of my mooching ways. Dvorak reading the tweets of Britney Spears. <laughs> More of that, please. Well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> You've got karma. My goodness. Well, now we know how to do it, John. Just uh, do a little John Reads Britney's Tweets segment, and we're good to go. Yes, with the ladies. <laughs> Philip Flick in Albuquerque, New Mexico, $201. <laughs> hey, John and Adam Brewer, Phil here again. I'm sad that my night rings are about to go away. According to my calculations, this donation should put me over the top for a knighthood. He will get one today. Yes. Night ring size is nine, he says. I would love to request a huntsman karma for my job search. I have a few irons in the fire and want one of them to pan out. First round of wenches and beer on me. All right. Well, and uh, I will remind everybody that uh, the rings will be available up until the end of this year. Then we're going to move to something else. It doesn't mean knighthoods are going away. We're just going to come up with a more official uh, um, token of our appreciation, which uh, fits in a little bit better with the knighthoods and also something that's a little easier to manage, quite honestly. You've got karma. So now we have a, a, a French name that needs a little work. Joan Dodafray or Dodafray. From Mo Motown. I've been to Morgantown. Morgantown, yeah. West Virginia. Beautiful little place. $200. Yep. Hey, John and Adam, I'm a little irritated because I already did this once and then my PayPal time ran out before I sent it. Even though I'm not even using PayPal and now I have to write this all over again. Always cut and paste. What they, anyway, it, I was going to... It timed with, out? The, like the PayPal yeah, timed, timed out? out. Oh, wow. <laughs> that anyway, sucks. I was going to go with the future knighthood option but then decided to blow my wad on a producership because I needed big karma shot, a big karma shot immediately. Our family is relocating to Minneapolis, and we need our house to sell ASAP. Do you provide relocation karma? Oh, let me take a look here. Let me see. It's on the Did list. Did you have it underneath the, somewhere? Did you have it it's stored? Right, it's right there. Under, it's right there. Oh, I got it. Should, oh. Also, I have been listening to the best podcast in the universe for about six weeks, so I'll have to leave it up to you whether or not I need a de-douching. Six weeks? No, you don't. No. Oh, and maybe a MILF thing would be nice because I turned 50 last year and things don't look like they used to. <laughs> I promise you, I used to be a MILF. I have to hurry off now so I don't have to retype this in again. Joni in West Virginia. Oh, I think you totally are. I think, you know, yeah, things change, but you're still a MILF, baby. No worries. MILF, that's one mother I'd like to. Relocation. You've got karma. <laughs> And those are our executive producers uh, uh, with, a f with females holding up the house. Yeah, very the, nicely. Up the lot, which is good. That's fantastic. I uh, want to thank them and others uh, who came in and want to mention to go to the Dvorak.org slash NA uh, page for future donations. Also, the uh, No Agenda Show and NoAgendaNation.com and ChannelDvorak.com slash NA. And you should be able to find uh, everything you need. Dvorak.org. Slash N A. We appreciate our producers, our executive producers and associate executive producers for this episode. Three, nine, or four. You can find their credits in the show notes at 394.nashownotes.com. And these are real credits, unlike the phonies in Hollywood. If you need anyone to vouch uh, for you that this is, in fact, a credit that uh, is just as valid as a big screen or small screen credit, uh, we will actually uh, do that for you. And of course, everyone else can go out and do something very important, which includes propagating the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. 
shout out to Dan Hutner, who just emails me and says, Hey, Adam, I'm sitting in the maternity ward listening to the show with my new son and future knight, Boyd Ellis Hutner. He is now 40 hours old. Can never get those kids started too early, can you? No. In fact, you should just, yeah, make it play the show on headphones and really loud on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Jam those buds in his ears early. Yeah. Well, John, uh, I mean, the uh, the news here in Gitmo Nation West has uh, been predominated by a complete politicizing of an event that took place in Florida. Uh, you wouldn't even know there was a coup that took place in Africa. No, of course not. This Florida fiasco is uh, is more than enough news for the public. Yeah. Uh, and then, by the way, they did find some guy who actually saw the thing. You know, if you listen to all the reports and it's and you know the most the worst guy. Wait, you know, well, hold on a second. Let's back it up for a second because not everyone is in our oh, <coughs> reality yeah. distortion field that is the United States of America. Uh, so I'll give you a quick little report here from CBS just to catch you up to speed. CBS, of course, just has compromised everybody else. Um, however, this uh, this the events took place uh, one month ago now. Uh, but as of last Friday, everyone jumped on this and the memo went out and it was like uh, time to politicize this. As we predicted, by the way, that race would be a big issue in the uh, general election uh, for uh, Gitmo Nation uh, proper here. Here's a little, uh, this is just something to bring you up to speed on what's happening. Hey, Erica, good morning to you. That's right. Last night, the Sanford City Council here voted a no confidence in their police chief. This was after more rallies, including that rally in New York. Hundreds were there saying there's been no justice for Trayvon Martin. What was called the Million Hoodie March. Martin was wearing a hoodie the night George Zimmerman shot and killed him. Martin's parents surrounded by supporters. Our son was not committing any crime. No. Our son is your son. I want you guys to stand up for justice and stand up for what's right. Another rally was held in Miami, Martin's home. Three weeks ago, the unarmed teen was shot in this gated subdivision in Sanford, outside Orlando. He'd been visiting his father after getting suspended from school. Zimmerman, a Hispanic neighborhood watch volunteer, was not arrested. He claimed self-defense. Florida's Stand Your Ground law, which expands the right to claim self-defense beyond the home. Last night, in a 3-2 to two split vote, the Sanford City Council, including Mayor Jeff Triplett, backed that no-confidence motion against police chief Bill Lee. So, uh, just to sum it all up really quickly, uh, and this is all, you know, people are basing a lot of what they think went on uh, on 911 calls. And uh, there is actually a witness who says something a little bit different. But uh, a Hispanic guy is a neighborhood watch. He's walking around. He's uh, legally carrying a firearm, uh, as far as I know. And uh, he uh, sees someone suspicious in a hoodie. And then before we know it, uh, this uh, this kid is shot. And um, and so the question is, you know, was this racially motivated and a Hispanic guy against a black guy? And uh, the kid was 17. The president weighs in and says, this could have been my son. Well, yeah, it could have been anybody's son. Um, and uh, so on one hand, there's a lot of, you know, we've got the the new Black Panthers saying, arrest this guy. We'll give you a $10,000 reward. He has to be arrested. And on the other hand, 
he has not been arrested because there's some self-defense laws, which I do not understand to be the way they were reported here, by the way. The stand your ground laws, as far as I know, are only for your home and your vehicle, not necessarily for outside. And then there's a discrepancy as to whether um, the Zimmerman, the guy, fine name for an Hispanic, by the way, Zimmerman. Uh, yeah, that way you can get a little edge in on the, uh, on the Jewish on the vote. the Jewish vote, yeah. Uh, in the police report, I actually read here, um, I could observe that uh, Zimmerman's back appeared to be wet and was covered in grass as if he had been laying on his back on the ground. He was also bleeding from the nose and the back of his head. So Zimmerman is saying, look, the guy jumped me, he attacked me, he beat me up, and I called for help, and then uh, I wound up shooting him. And so this is uh, part, partially about gun laws and partially about race. And I would have to say, just looking at CNN all weekend, which turned into the Don Lemon channel, it was all about race. Yeah, and the whole thing's been about race since the beginning, and especially when we played uh, Reverend Sharpton, who's, you know, shameful uh, show on MSNBC. Yeah. He actually played one. He played all the 911 clips. I didn't make a copy of them, but he I did play one I was thinking of, of, of dubbing off, which which was one of the people that heard the scuffle. It was in the guy's backyard. Yeah. But I mean, it was in some guy's backyard. You know, the guy, there was a fight going on. The guy said, these guys are fighting. Yeah. And, and if you listen to Sharpton, though, no, the guy jumped in his car, followed him around the block a couple of times, you know, and it became a showdown when they're chasing him in a vehicle. I mean, the whole thing was made up. I mean, this guy's horrible. This I, think I, I think I have a clip of the witness here that you were referring to. Let me see if this is it. What Sanford police have in their folder they put together on the killing of Trayvon Martin, few know. The file now sits in the hands of the state attorney. And now that file is just weeks away from being opened up to a grand jury. Tonight, we are learning more about why cops believe that night George Zimmerman shouldn't have gone to jail. I'm part of the neighborhood watch. Zimmerman called a non-emergency line and told the dispatchers he was following a teen. He was told not to. And from that moment to that shooting, details are few. Hey, we've had some break-ins in my neighborhood and there's a real suspicious guy. But this man's testimony could be key for the cops. The guy on the bottom, who I believe had a red sweater on, was yelling to me, help, help. And I told him to stop, and I was calling 911. Trayvon was in a hoodie, Zimmerman in red. He only gave his name to us as John and didn't want to be shown on camera that night after the shooting. But his statements to the cops were instrumental because Sanford police backed up Zimmerman's claim, saying those screams you hear on this 911 are those of the neighborhood watch captain. Now, the whole thing that bothers me really, John, about all this is, I mean, you, it, it is being politicized because if people are killed every single day, you know, the president never comes out and says, hey, you know, those three Marines that were killed, they could have been my son. You know, there's never any of that. No, he, he pulls these things out. He's almost like he's part of the agenda. You think? <laughs> you think? <laughs> well, here, play this one clip I have, the C-SPAN calling on black-on-black black murder from some black woman in your neck of the woods, Houston. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, you're in Austin. Yeah, it's not quite the same. In Houston, uh, discussing this little event that nobody seemed to really mention when it happened. Joyce, Republican line, hello. Yes, uh, you know, this, this is a really sad case, and I, I feel for the, the young man's family and everyone involved, but... I think about how many blacks kill blacks, and we don't get this kind of, of 
coverage. You know, here in Houston, and please let me say this, a young black man killed his young black girlfriend. He cut her up and put her on a barbecue pit. They found part of her body down the the garbage disposal. We didn't have this outcry in Houston about this young woman. And think about her family. I had a niece. So, Joyce, before you go too far, let's stick to the topic at hand as far as the president's (laughs) comments. What do you think it it added yesterday? Oh, I think his comments in the beginning were fine. But when he brought in that if his son was this color, he brought in racism and it it was totally out of control. And I think that's a sin before God. Right on, sister. To sin before God. That's what she sin before, no, but, you know, I didn't even know about this. A guy killed his girlfriend, chopped her up, put her on the barbecue, and then down to the garbage disposal? That's a much <laughs> yeah. better story. How come we don't have that one on the news? Well, it was a while ago, but even when it awesome. happened, nobody ever heard of it. Uh, that's cool. If you're going to do it, do it right. <laughs> so, you know, so this Sick. is... but. This is as predicted. Said race is going to be a part of this election, and here it is. And now everyone's talking about we're going back to the '60s and and the uh, the talk. You know, you have to have the talk. B- black parents in America have to have the talk with bl- their black children, yeah, their it's, sons. It's a, yeah, well, you know, There's I lot, know, you know I, hey, you know, I had the talk with my daughter. Yeah, what did you tell her? I said, "You're a white woman living as a minority living near Koreatown in Los Angeles. You got to be very careful." I had the talk, and that's not because you're going to get killed by uh, some uh, neighborhood dude. You're going to get assaulted, assaulted by all kinds of crazies, primarily Hispanic. And it's right, you know, and, and I'm not, this is not a racial comment, but we all have to have a talk with our kids. Yeah, it's just, it's disturbing. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. This is, this, uh, this, the, the conversation is very dangerous ground we're on, I think. Very, very dangerous to, for this to be politicized this way. And it's, and it's, it, the memo went out. Well, I mean, it's just going to make it worse is what the yes, problem is. Now yeah. you already see what's happening in Florida. The grand jury is going to look at this and probably not come down with an indictment. And uh, then it's gonna, everyone's going to go crazy. Because yeah. they've been riled up by you oh, know, yeah. the, oh, the yeah. Obama riled them up and that idiot... Uh, uh, Sharpton's riled them up, and it's and the, and who knows who's down there riling them up. Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. But that's the way it is. It's the but, way it works. But, yeah, it, but it's very, very disturbing. You just you see it happening before your very eyes. Like, oh wow, really? So something else happened. There's a lot of things that actually took place that were uh, quite interesting. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. On the last show, and I promised we'd talk about it, um, I've been tracking in the vaccine department, I've been tracking um, this uh, tuberculosis plan that seems to be afoot. And um, here's what's going on. The World Health Organization is uh, predicting a complete uh, pandemic of tuberculosis. Which uh, now, now? Why now? Well, uh, the only thing I can find as to a reason, and I have more evidence to back that up, is because it's a great. There's no vaccine for it currently. You see, so we what we need now is we need the pharmaceuticals, who of course, you know, probably Pfizer needs a great vaccine. We need to come up with um, 
you know, with with a fantastic vaccine for it so we can make a lot of money and it'll be paid for by governments. And I'm reading this article, Researchers Unveil Global Plan in Tuberculosis Vaccine Hunt. And um, let me see if I can find the... uh, Yeah, Blueprint has been developed. Essentially a document on research plans for the next five to ten years... Uh, said uh, Hassan Mohammed, who heads clinical trials for the South African Tuberculosis Vaccine Initiative. Um, quite an exciting development because once we basically shoot up all these South Africans with our uh, so-called vaccine, we'll know if it works or not. But then in another article, I read this, and this is a quote from, let me see, this is from Reuters. Uh, Lucia Diutu of the World Health Organization Stop Tuberculosis Partnership says the following. What is so frustrating about the progression of this tuberculosis pandemic is that all drug-resistant tuberculosis is totally man-made disease. I'm like, wow, what are you telling me here? So either tuberculosis is a result of you know the the poor stuff we eat, the genetically modified stuff, or it's actually been man-made and put out there and people have caught it and and you know we're just waiting because if you can manufacture it if it's man-made, then uh, you uh, obviously have a treatment for it. So this TB bug, Mycobacterium tuberculosis is evolving so that it can fight its way past antibiotic medicines. The more treatment courses patients are given and fail to complete, the stronger and more widespread the resistance becomes. Now, do you want to weigh in on this before I get to the kicker of the whole thing? Well, a couple things. Uh, One is there is actually a vaccine that's been around since the 20s, which means it's public domain, Mm -hmm. uh, called BCG. Yeah, but that's not not good enough, obviously. Well, I think, you know, if you make a, if you hand make a, a tuberculosis, you probably hand make a, a, a vaccine for it too. Yeah. Uh, and, but I, I was reading about this and I have a thing in front of me. Uh, <laughs> the early use of BCG was marked by a tragic accident. In Lubeck, more than 25% of the pos- approximate 250 infants who received the batch of the vaccine, which is an oral vaccine, by the way, developed tubercul- tuberculosis. It was later recognized that this batch was accidentally contaminated with a virulent strain of tuberculosis. <laughs> there you go. That's so they're admitting it. So I, th- but I think there's a. How do you do that? How do you contaminate? I mean, this we saw this a couple of years ago when we talked about the, the phony baloney uh, pig flu. Yeah, Baxter. And Baxter contaminated with bird flu somehow. How does that accident? How do you do that by accident? You don't. It doesn't you make you, any you sense. do it on purpose. But so, so I'm, I'm, <clears throat> we didn't even do it on the last show. And then all of a sudden, something very interesting happens. President Obama nominates uh, Kim, uh, Jim Young Kim. Professor of Medicine and Social Medicine at uh, Dartmouth College to be the president of the World Bank. And I, I hadn't put the two together. So I'm researching this guy. I'm like, you know, this guy's not a banker. You know, why is, you know, why is he all of a sudden being pushed to the forefront as, and I think nominee doesn't necessarily mean he has the job. Is that? He's actually the president of Dartmouth. Right, he's the yeah, but he started out as the yeah, professor he's a medicine. scientist. He's a yeah. scientist. <laughs> science, science, scientist turned bureaucrat. 
so um, I'm looking around for something on this guy. And uh, conveniently, he was on the Charlie Rose show just a few weeks ago. Ah. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a little setup that right there. before or after he was called uh, for the bank? No, before. Of course. It's before. Really? Oh, oh, yeah. that's nice. Oh, it's a setup. It's a setup. It's a total setup. It's be- and softballs, by the way. All softballs. Oh. Like, hey. Oh, yeah, Charlie Rose can pop. do that. He's, he's good as the best. Oh, be- out of the, the park. Of so listen to this little ditty. From the now, is the nominee just means the nominee, or is he going to be the guy? Well, it has to be approved, but we're the we call the shots. We call on the, the shots. Bank, so okay, he's the guy. Listen to what he says. Lowest points were uh, back in the mid 1990s when we discovered all of these patients who were suffering from drug resistant tuberculosis. There was uh, no money to treat them. Uh, everybody in the world told us that we shouldn't treat them, and we were sitting there in a slum in Lima, Peru, uh, watching them die but in the process, watching them infect their family members and infect the people around them. And it was just the most hopeless feeling. We knew that we were sitting on top of an absolutely explosive epidemic. We knew that in South Africa and in the Russian prison system, it was also happening. And all the smart people in the world were telling us, forget about it, it'll go away when we knew it wouldn't. And so it it just felt like the whole world was somehow skewed in a direction that was both uh, dangerous and at some point evil. And then, of course, the high point was when we started receiving uh, support, first from George Soros, um, who who gave us uh, our first grants. And then we received a huge grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And today, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're continuing to try to fight this battle. But at least now the forces are aligned in a very positive direction. No, I bet they are. So this is this is no mistake. This is no coincidence that this is all taking place simultaneously. This guy is coming in, and it's going to be a huge worldwide health initiative, a big push. Yeah, financed by the World Bank. Yes, and it's all going to be about tuberculosis, and it's all going to be about getting your shots, and it's very um, evil. And this guy, by the way, is insane. So I found a video of uh, the graduating class of Dartmouth College, and you have to see the whole video. I'll play a little bit of the audio just to give you the effect. Uh, but if they're doing a, a version of Time of My Life. You know, Jennifer Ward's Bill Medley from, uh, what was it? Uh, was that Dirt, Dirty Dancing, I guess? Or whatever, some Patrick Swayze movie. I don't know. And all, and so the kids are singing on stage, and all of a sudden they cut to a video of Jim Young Kim, and he's dressed up like a, like a hip-hopper. And he's got, like, neon stuff, and he's got the shades, and he starts rapping. Dirty bit. And the kids are going crazy. It's the El Presidente. He's so hip. Take it away, Kim. I'm up in here to rock, light a fire, make it hot. I'm here rooting for my idols, up here giving all they got. So come on, let's go. The show is out of control. The house is hot tonight. Go, go, big green, go, go. The new president of your world bank, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the party's hot tonight, baby. You got to see the video. It is. It's the guy's insane. He's just insane. So he's only going to be a short termer, obviously. Then. Well, he's just he's just going to do his his job and get the tuberculosis uh, meme propagated, and then uh, I, I can't see any other reason for it. You know, and when you ha- I mean tuberculosis uh, is this deadly? This kills people. 
Well, the, yeah, it used to be. It what, used to it, be. Is this like uh, the coughing disease, or what is it? What is it? Well, yeah, there was a, it was a <laughs> consumption. It's called consumption, uh-huh. and they used to have <laughs> TB hospitals because they used to keep the you know they stopped doing this. They used to quarantine you if you had TB. Right. You know, like the rock guy Van Morrison was in one of those for years. Oh, really? Yeah, you get you get in there, you can't get out because it's, you're quarantined away from the public because it spreads and kills people. Yeah. Uh, but they came up with antibiotics to stop it. And uh, then they came up and then that was working. And then all of a sudden, this resistant version that, that uses is like MRSA, nothing can stop it. And once you get that, you're totally screwed. And they uh, still aren't quarantining people. And uh, it's like it's a setup. The whole thing is a setup. Well, it's a total setup. And it was so coincidental that I was just happened to be reading about this tuberculosis thing and it's man-made and we and we're going to test it on africans and and this guy comes and he's talking on charlie rose he's like hey you know it's great soros is in you know the bill and melinda gates they're in perfect perfect who gives it i don't care about banking i just want to like shoot people up we'll see what this is going to be good to follow this is going to be a fun one. Oh yeah oh yeah yeah we're all over it people hey did you see that on the news <laughs> no. Although they could they could easily put that video on the news. The that, wrapping thing? Yeah, the wrapping thing is good. Yeah, I, somebody I just, might pick it up on... <laughs> I just gave it that. to the chat room. They're all like vibing on it now. <laughs> it's very, very cool. Well, while we're on medical news, uh, let's just play a little song for uh, ex-vice president. By the way, the, the other thing about the, putting this guy... In the, you, you see the picture that was the official picture of him being called into the World Bank. Uh, Hillary was standing Ow. next to him. Yeah, oh yeah. And because she's the one that's going to get the job eventually. Well, she's she's pulling the shots no matter what. Yeah, this is her job that she's. But this guy's going to this guy's going to do something to make a bunch of money for someone. You think? Uh, and she's going to be in on it. Well, it'll be pharmaceuticals for sure. Yeah, obviously pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Well, that gives me another uh, excuse to play the clippity plot. Clippity clot. And while we're at it, here's one for Dick Cheney. Just because I'm presuming that I could be kind of human if I only had a heart. Amazing how these people survive. (laughs) Cheney's unbelievable. (laughs) He's a zombie. He's got like one eye. He can't even control it anymore. It's over on the looking God knows where. He's He's starting to look like a a, a chameleon. He's a true true zombie, man. The true zombie. Meanwhile, the real bankers, this is good stuff happening. (laughs) Let's see. You got TB there, John? You okay? No, I I need some water. Yeah. So the real banksters are killing each other. A former Russian banker is being kept under armed guard in hospital after being sprayed with bullets outside his East London flat. (laughs) German Gubansov was shot several times on Tuesday as he entered his home near Canary Wharf, the British capital's financial district. Police are treating the shooting as suspected murder. You think? Kobansov once owned several banks in Russia and Moldova, where he remains on a wanted list for alleged embezzlement. The 45-year-old has also been named as a witness in the shooting of Russian financier Alexander Antonov in 2009. He's also suspected of being involved in that attack. Yeah, lovely. So the real banksters are out there killing each other, while the smart banksters are getting away with theft. <laughs> 
Have you followed the Corzine uh, news? No, the Corzine thing is great. Uh, the, the official at the firm we're talking about, executive of the firm, is Edith O'Brien. She's a treasurer. She said, uh, said in an email the afternoon of October 28th, three days, of course, before the downfall of MF Global, she said there was a transfer of funds that was per JC's direct instructions. Of course, the JC she's referring to is indeed John Corzine. And uh, she uh, apparently she was talking about direct instructions that he had given to transfer $200 million from a customer fund account to meet an overdraft in one of MF Global's J.P. Morgan uh, accounts in London. Again, all of this according to an email sent by Edith O'Brien, who was a treasurer for the firm, and that in turn was quoted in a memo that was drafted by congressional investigators. Now remember uh, that MF Global at the time found that intraday credit lines were being limited by J.P. Morgan, and so the question during this whole situation is uh, did MF Global uh, knowingly transfer customer funds where they weren't supposed to be? Who knew about it? When did they know about it? And of course, the, the question remaining, uh, which is where did all of that money end up? So well, we know where it ended up. It ended up at J.P. Morgan in London because you just told us that. And here's what here's what's interesting about this. So first of all, it's like a holy rule in banking: you do not touch the customer fund account. It's just that's, you know, that's not yours to do anything with. So Corzine, former Goldman Sachs, uh, who both Obama and Joe Biden were blowing, blowing. We, we played the clips previously. He's, just, he's the greatest guy. He's the smartest uh, guy. He's, he's awesome. Guy he's awesome. I'm just playing. blowing the guy. I should find those clips, actually. Um, so he transfers that money because the credit line at J.P. Morgan was being blocked. And now J.P. Morgan is going to all these clients of um, uh, of MF Global and saying, you know what, uh, we'll assume your risk of the money you lost. So if you lost a million dollars, we'll give you give us the note. Um, we'll give you nine hundred thousand dollars and uh, and we'll take the risk of getting the rest back, uh, which could take five years, 10 years, whatever, um, because, of course, J.P. Morgan has the money. So it's no risk to them. The money is in their account. So they just wait and they can wait it out. They can wait out for years and years and years. So this was at least a 10% theft on anyone who just says, oh, well, you know, wow, I, I, I was out a million bucks and now JP Morgan's so nice. They're going to assume my risk. At least I got my 900,000 back, but they're really being robbed for a hundred thousand. And this is all just, and you know, where's, where's the investigation on this? Well, apparently they're going to have a, a congressional hearing. Oh, yeah, that'll be fun. With Corzine. Yeah, yeah. And this is going to, everyone believes this should be the greatest, the greatest congressional The greatest show on earth. In history. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. When is it? We'll when is this show? It. I don't know when it starts, but we'll be on it, believe me. So um, the president also passed, uh, just staying on banksters for a second, the president also passed the Stock Act, known as uh, Senate Bill 2038. And this wouldn't be no agenda if uh, we didn't review that for you, because, of course, uh, what comes out in the news is, well, great, no more insider trading by these a-holes there in the Senate and Congress. Uh, but when you read be the day. and you read into it, there's a little bit of this was a watered down version of the bill, apparently. And it is kind of cool. You know, it says, you know, the president, the vice president, employees of the Postal Service, Postal Regulatory Committee, no one can 
can do any insider trading. They have to report every month instead of uh, every year. Uh, But that's not what this is about. Because in Section 7 of this bill, it's marked up for your convenience in the show notes, 3904.nashownotes.com. Section 7, report on political intelligence activities. Political intelligence activities. Interesting. Uh, And I'm good at this, man. I read through a bill. I'm like, hey, what is that? In general, not later than 12 months after the date of enactment of this act, the Comptroller General of the United States, in consultation with the Congressional Research Service, shall submit to the Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs of the Senate and the Committee on Oversight and Government Reform um, a report on the role of political intelligence in financial markets. Now, like, first of all, what, what does Homeland Security have to do with this? And uh, then I read a little further. For purposes of this section, the term political intelligence shall mean the following. Uh, do you know what the political intelligence is? No, then? I have no idea. Okay. Political intelligence uh, shall mean information that is, one, wait a minute, derived by a person from direct communications with an executive branch employee, a member of Congress, or an employee of Congress, and two, provided in an exchange for financial compensation to a client who intends and who is known to intend to use the information to inform investment decisions. And then, of course, it made total sense why Department of Homeland Security is involved, because the real scam is you have lobbyists and you have all these people who gather political intelligence talking to congressmen, talking to employees of Congress. They are exempt from this act. And so, you know, so congressman says, hey, you make uh, scanners, don't you? Like naked body scanners? Well, yeah, I do. Hey, listen, man, we got some new rules coming in. You should take advantage of that. Oh, cool. And they're off to the races. And this is going to remain completely legal. But in a year, we'll get a report. <laughs> so the report required by this section shall include a discussion of... What is known about the prevalence of the sale of political intelligence and the extent to which investors rely on such information? Wow, hello, what do you think? Uh, B, what is known about the effect that the sale of political intelligence may have on the financial markets? Uh, I don't know, everything. I mean, basically, political intelligence, the selling of insider information, remains legal under this great act that uh, the president signed into law. (laughs) <laughs> which was the point. Yeah, that was, that was the entire point. Okay, so you can't do day trading at your desk as a congressman. A b- big deal. But, you're, <laughs> but the fund that you're invested in can still get information from you and go and invest in something. Yeah, which is what really was the problem. It wasn't yeah. good day trading. Just one or two guys are doing that. Yeah. Because they were bored. So it's uh, insane. And people yeah, are like, yeah, well, it's great. President did that. That's great. Yeah, good deal. Awesome. Yeah, this is the this is the this is the mo. This is the fractal. Oh, uh, don't I have a fractal jingle somewhere? I wish I could find it. I can never find that one. Here it is. For some reason, fractal. Fractal of what is the question? The fractal of Obama, you know, waving his arms and jumping up and down. Look what I did. Look what I did. And then you look beneath the, you know, look behind the sh- the, the the curtain. There, he did nothing. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't, please don't look at the man behind the curtain is really the what we should be saying here. So uh, 
Yeah, those are just a couple things that I worked on. <laughs> like, wow. Mickey's like, did you find anything? I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's outrageous, man. Uh, some light humor here. Remember, uh, must have been a couple months ago when uh, the Dutch Prime Minister, Mark Rutte, Mark Rutte, was visiting President Obama. And I noticed that he said to uh, Rutte, he said, hey, you know, there's no greater ally than the, the Netherlands. And, uh, but I had heard him say that just like two days before to some other guy. Remember we played those clips? Yeah, there's the latest one going around, I guess, out of that area is the uh, Obama's comments about you, they punch above their weight. Yeah, so this is uh, from uh, a Danish TV report who did the same thing. But um, I clipped out all the stuff, that all the Danish stuff. I did some work for you and clipped it down just to give you the full spectrum of uh, the Obama bot uh, repeating punching above their weight and uh, no better ally. That's fairly typical of the way that uh, Danes have uh, punched above their weight uh, in international affairs. Uh, I've said this before, but I want to repeat. Norway punches above its weight. Uh, We have have, uh, no stronger ally than uh, the Netherlands. Uh, They consistently punch above their weight. (laughs) Ireland punches above its weight. Uh, It's a small country. The Philippines is not the largest of countries. Uh, it, uh, in using a, a phrase from boxing, punches above its weight. Uh, we have uh, no stronger ally than uh, the Netherlands. We have no stronger uh, ally than uh, Australia. Poland is uh, one of our closest and strongest allies. Great Britain is uh, one of our closest, strongest allies. As I said earlier, Germany is one of our strongest allies. Uh, This state visit reflects the fact that the Republic of Korea is one of our strongest allies. Israel is one of our strongest allies. France is our (laughs) oldest ally and continues to be one of our closest allies. Italy is one of our strongest allies. Japan is, of course, one of our strongest and closest allies. I also wanted to just say how much we appreciate the great alliance and partnership that we have uh, with the Danish people on a whole range of international issues. Yeah, notice the Danes are not one of our strongest allies. That was the the guy was bummed out about that. Everybody's the strongest ally except the Danes. We are such (laughs) sluts. We're like a hooker, man. Which is probably what got the Danish reporters to do those clips. Yeah, no, exactly. That's exactly what he said. How come we're not a strong ally like everyone else? We're just good. But we do punch above, above our weight, which is good. Wow, man. What a phony this guy is. <laughs> I mean, you can even hear him. Str- he's not struggling with the punching above our weight thing. He's like, which country was it again? Uh, uh, Ireland. Right. He said some pl- <laughs> well, you, know, so you travel around. I, I know you just. This is not traveling around. He's in the White House most of the time saying this. <laughs> well, he doesn't. He can't remember what it's he's talking about. It's a home game, man. It's a home game. Yeah, and he can't remember what he's talking about. He's got to think about it. I hope I don't blow it because you would be really bad to have the Danes in there and say Norway is one of our strongest allies. Punching above above their weight. What an idiot. Yeah. It's really embarrassing. By the way, when you travel around, did you ever wake up someplace in the morning in some hotel and and it took you a few minutes to figure out where Where you were? Yeah, of course. Of course. It's like, where Where am I? I? Yeah, Beaumont. Ah, I remember now. Beaumont. I've been to Beaumont, Texas, my friend. I've been to Beaumont, Texas. You have? Did you go to the Roadhouse? No. Oh, yeah. is that the place that serves uh, bull uh, uh, nuts? No, no this, this is the place where the stage is raised and you're behind chicken wire. 
No, I did not go there. Yeah, I was there. Uh, I was uh, doing a show for like the I can't remember what the top forty I just radio stations. Through Beaumont. Oh no, I got picked up at the uh, the Beaumont Airport with a in a pink Cadillac uh, with with a Longhorn on the front. Did it have a horn? When you honked the horn, it made a, a sound of a <laughs> steer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've been places. Those baby. days are over. I've been places. Baby. Whatever happened to this country? We don't have this steer horn sound anymore. You know what seems to be new, and I see it a lot. Illegal. You know, I see a horn like that. You know what I see in Texas a lot? They have hubcaps that have like Mad Max spikes that stick out. I haven't seen those. Oh yeah, and trucks have them too. And let me tell you, you keep your distance from that stuff. You're like, whoa. You know, it's kind of like remember in uh, in Greece in the movie Greece, and uh, Kaniki has like the badass black you know racing car. Oh, not Kaniki, the, the, the guy with the Scarface, whatever his name was. Yeah, and then he drives next to Grease Lightning and it rips up the side. It's those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they're, I think they're legal here. We need more of that. <laughs> I need some of those. On the Dodge. On the Ram. Get Mickey some on the Rover. That'd be cool. Speaking so of which, looking she's around, by the way, where you're talking about uh, tuberculosis, and then it got into the Darfur thing. I, I don't know where I clicked on, but all of a sudden I run into Mia Farrow's photo stream. She's spending more time in this area than Clooney is, but nobody's talking about it. She, yeah, she, she's with, she's with a, um, she is involved in a charity that's run by that guy that we talked about. Uh, guest. No, no, no. The other oh, guy, the other real guy. guy, the real guy. Oh, I've even forgot oh, his name. Oh, that guy, right. I've even forgot his name. Mia Farrow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how he operates. We forgot his name already. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, what is it named? Her charity. It's part of UNICEF, I think. Um, yeah, but she's blogging from Africa, and she's doing all kinds of... What's that guy's name? Yeah, we'll dream it up in a minute. Oh, wow, that's horrible. Yeah, no, that's how you. That's, that's how you do guy, it. That's how good he is. He got that nondescript name. He's got a nondescript name, and he's got the the voodoo mojo thing going, so you can't remember. It. <laughs> yeah, huh. maybe he got tuberculosis, and it's like former PR guy that's eating my brain or something. Anyway, so I got an interesting little ask, Adam. Oh, do you need the jingle or or yeah, come, of course you need oh, the jingle. Oh, okay. Well, I, it has been so long since we had an I ask don't Adam. Do that much, but me, I got this one. Okay, hold on a second. Let's see what we got. Ask Adam. <laughs> oh yeah, that's exciting. Well, I can do. Uh, ask Adam. <laughs> or. A little GX2 you for got you, every sort of uh, style of music. Okay, I got a rant oh. from someone. You have to identify who this person is mm-hmm. and then tell me when he said it. I do not share the rosy outlook of my friend from Alabama, and I want to pick up on uh, some of the points made by Mr. LaFalse because after all of the statistics are out there, really what matters is what's going on to the average person. And I know that the average person turns on the television every day and they hear that the economy is booming. But sometimes those average working people have a little difficulty watching the television because they're out working longer hours for lower wages than they used to. And the statistics are pretty clear that between 1973 and 1998, real wages for the average American worker are today lower than used to be the case. Now, in the last few years, we have seen some increases, and we're appreciative of that. But let's not kid ourselves. 
the average American today is working longer hours for low wages. It is not uncommon for that worker, whether it's in the state of Vermont or New York State or any place else, to have to work two jobs, three jobs. Uh, what used to be understood is that one breadwinner in a family, often the man, that was what used to be the case, could go out and work 40 hours a week and bring in enough income to take care of the family. I do not see. So now, first of all, what is wrong with your clips? Oh, uh, these clips uh, suck. <laughs> it's, these, it, these, your clips sound I, like these you, clips. I took these clips from uh, when I was up north off of a system that had an unbalanced line. And no kidding. To, so I had to denoise them. Yeah. And in so doing it, threw them slightly out of phase. And I don't know why that. Yeah, happened. it sucks. Uh, we'll get to the part where he goes. I can tell you, he goes on about well, the it sounds 1%. Like it's, it it sounds, blah, blah, it sounds blah. like Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Okay, when did he say it? When did he say it? Yeah. I have no idea. Wait, last week, a year ago? Uh, well, I'm February 2000. <laughs> it's the same old thing. He, this guy, every year, he says the same stuff. And yeah. he actually, he brought the 1% into the, sto into the story. Oh, yeah. I've got a bunch. I don't have all these clips now because I'm at the re-clip because I'm not going to play these crazy things. Sounds, but yeah, sounds but if, there's a lot of good stuff on C-SPAN all, that all took place before the dot-com crash in March, of March April of 2000. This uh -huh. is one of them, by the way, that are just fascinating. <laughs> They're talking about the, the upcoming boom, and they have oh, yeah. Greenspan on there talking about, well, we can't, this economy is going to go crazy in the next couple of years. <laughs> it's unbelievable how wrong they were. Yeah. Bernie said, yeah, so that's 10, 12 years ago. Twelve years ago, wow. same. Does it sound familiar? Yeah, it could. It, it could have been like twelve hours. Yeah, it could have been twelve hours ago. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty messed up. Yeah, hmm. in other words, he's accomplished nothing with all this rhetoric. Nothing. Zip. No. He just goes up there and rants, and he keeps getting reelected. He doesn't do anything, obviously, or he wouldn't have. But he's got a great spiel, and he's an independent, right? Yeah. Well, he was a right. Yeah, that way he gets to play both sides of the fence if he wants to. So all your clips are going to sound like this? No, no. Oh, good. Well, let's do another one then. What you got? I mean, I got so much stuff. I'm, I'm yeah, giving I'll you some breathing one. room. I got uh, when Clooney is flustered. This is a little comedy. Play that. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I actually don't even think I. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I actually don't even think I. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I actually don't even think I. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I actually don't even think I. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I actually don't even think I. Uh, Wow, man. Did you also, like, put together some cork art while you were up there in uh, Port... Are you in Port Angeles now? about these things. Are you in Port Angeles now? Is that where you are? No. Oh. So, uh, okay, here's a Clooney <laughs> clip. This is Clooney. Uh, here, here's the problem I have. I have Clooney cueing Pendergast. Prendergast. Prendergast. Penda whatever. Yeah. Penda guy. Yeah. And I I can't... I have the Pendergast cueing Clooney, but I can't extract it from the clip. It's weird. I mean, because I, I realize I only saw him do it. He was, he was, I saw him mouth it, but I, I can't get it off the clip. It's really annoying. But I do have Clooney. Now, I want you to pay very careful attention to what Clooney says in this clip. This was on the Charlie Rose show. He's talking about diplomacy, which is the key. 
play. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I actually don't even think I, uh, my suggestion will be. I understand that this is an impossibility. You're not going to get a no-fly zone through the Security Council. Ch- uh, China and Russia will both vote against it always. So, so we're trying to look for realistic answers, and the realistic answers are uh, are, are <laughs> what we actually do well in this country, which is that robust diplomacy, and that means taking the techniques we learned about uh, going after terrorists' money and using it to find the money that these guys are hiding. They're not buying these weapons from the north mm. in Sudanese pounds. They're hidden in banks in Malaysia. But we want to go find them and freeze them. And That's make exactly it harder what harder. they're doing with respect to Iran now. That's exactly what they're doing. And, it, and we'll see, but it has proven to be somewhat effective. We don't know how effective and how long it'll be effective, but there's hope. Yeah, so when he's R R R R was that when he was like looking at Prendergast going like pick it up, dude, now? Yeah, he's doing that, but but I want you to review what he just said. He says the way to deal with this is with diplomacy. And then he describes diplomacy oh, uh, yeah, as, as, uh, as freezing, freezing bank, accounts. bank accounts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How is that just diplomacy in any world outside of Neptune? Well, you know, it's uh, I've been following. How is this? I want to know, how is this diplomacy? Is that what we're it's doing not, with Iran by cutting no, no, them off from world John, trade? John, That's it's called diplomacy. No, it's called 21st century statecraft. Surely you remember Lucifer Clippity-Clop saying this. This is 21st century statecraft. Now, I was listening. Do you want to play the other Clooney clip before I get into this? This is the one where, where after Clooney had been cued, Clooney decides to jump in. Oh, no. While Pendergast is, you know, one of the, you know, the, you know how that works, right? You've been like, you're trying to talk and I'm, I'm coaching you along the way. And then you feel that you're, you're good enough to do the, do it the other way around. I got the punchline now. Is this is Clooney cues Prendergast? Yeah. Basically gone to war with a number of the different regions. The South was the only one that was actually fighting for independence, and they won their independence through a referendum, uh, uh, becoming the newest country in the world, uh, mid-2011. It also cost them two and a half million Two and a half million lives were lost. But that left behind these other regions who have similar complaints about the kind of discrimination that occurs in their regions, the Darfurians, the people where we were just visiting in the Nuba Mountains, Blue Nile, and other regions, and they basically uniting in an opposition okay. to try anyway, to... Anyway, that was Clooney jumping in with the... With the he had a little fi- oh, statistic. Yeah, because yeah, he read the memo, like, two and a half million. Because it makes you sound smart. I mean, yeah. I, I, I did, I've done this in so many meetings where I'd be wheeled in like, hey, and as part of our company, uh, we have Adam Curry. You remember him from the MTV guy days? And then, you know... And uh, Bloom does this all the time. He'll look. He'll, he'll even cue me physically, so I can say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Thirty million in revenues. Yeah, really great. <laughs> oh, I know. This, this, this is what Take you do. As, yeah, it's what you do as a celebrity. So um, I spend some time. The best news, I have to say, the best reporting, the best questions, the just the best broadcast, which of course is only. Uh, it's not even on C-SPAN. You have to go to the State Department's website. It's Victoria Newland, and I love watching her because she gets so frustrated when people just because these are these guys are good. They're they're from all over the world. Uh, there's different accents. It's just a million different things going on, and um, the question comes up about the twelve countries 
Now, do you know anything about this? This is the uh, so the sanctions on Iran. And this, by the way, is completely evil, but it is the 21st century statecraft. So what's happened is the United States, uh, Lucifer, uh, predominantly came out and she said, according to the National Defense Authorization Act of 2012, haha, and we read this. The United States may impose sanctions on those countries that are purchasing petroleum products from Iran within 180 days of passing the act. That would be June 28th is 180 days. If the president determines that there is a sufficient supply of petroleum and petroleum products from countries other than Iran to permit a significant reduction in the volume of petroleum. So obviously this is mainly pointed at India. Uh, and India is a large buyer of uh, uh, Iranian crude and also the Chiners. And the, so this statecraft, this diplomacy, as our boy Clooney calls it, consists of uh, the president of the United States threatening these countries. If you don't stop buying from Iran, then we're going to put the hammer on your head. The only problem is no one really knows who all the 12 countries are. And this comes up in this in this news conference, and it's hilarious. Now that you have a list of countries uh, who are exempted from uh, sanctions for deals with Iran. So there's a list of 12 countries who um, will not have sanctions because they have already reduced their purchases, but you know, just a little bit. And uh, we're supposed to be going in and telling them where to go get the oil from other sources, which is the Saudis, by the way. They're pumping it faster than, they, than you can believe. And, but no one knows who these 12 countries are. What, what are the next steps you're taking against India and other countries who are still dealing with Iran? Well, we've talked about this a couple of times this week, as, as you know, to gender. Okay. Our conversations continue with uh, all the other countries that want to talk to us who continue to uh, have issues with the amount of Iranian crude that they import. India is one of those countries, and we are working hard with India to um, see if we can help uh, with regard to uh, reducing India's dependence and <laughs> the dependence of and with squeezing them, basically. any of the other countries uh, on Iranian crude and looking at alternative sources of supply as well. Check that. We will. Can you also uh, tell us what, what those 12 countries are? Uh, I think, uh, as we said uh, when we... When listen, uh, Carlos listen. was on the Hill and when he backgrounded on this issue, it's pretty clearly readily available in public sources. Well, it, well actually, actually, extensive but it's, but it's, Iranian it's, crude imports. It's, it's, it's really not. <laughs> um, and I don't see why. I don't see how difficult it is. Why it would be so difficult for you all to say which countries, if you if you are in fact talking to all twelve of them, which ones they are. And then my second question would be: Is that you consider them all to be countries? Because I believe Taiwan is one. And I, <laughs> I hadn't realized that you would change your uh, one-China policy. So all of a sudden, you recognize Taiwan as a country now. And the, <laughs> this guy is good. You know, so, hey, excuse me, they're not known. Who's that guy? I don't know. You're not. You know, th these guys are great in there, but they would just. Never, this stuff never gets to the Never, the never, never. There's a little bit more to this. Why don't I take the question and we'll get back to you with what we can. I, I think it would be helpful uh -huh. to name the 12 because, as Matt suggests, there are, in fact, <clears throat> different um, private source data uh, has different assessments of what countries imported Iranian crude oil in 2011, which I think is the benchmark that you guys are, are using, um, and it 
took a while to get to the bottom of this, and I think, you know, if it truly is publicly available, then I think you guys ought to be able to just say, well, yeah, these are the 12. Uh, even if you have to say, if we learn new things, like somebody didn't really import any or somebody else did, and we find out later, that it might change. But I well, why don't I take the question? We'll see what we can do for Remind you. them, remind whoever it is you're going to take it up with that these countries know who they are already. It's not, uh, you know, it's not going to be any great uh, breach <laughs> of secrecy. <laughs> it's like, hey, come on, just give us the information. Why aren't you telling us this, you dits? I, I wonder why she's not, because the, the, I have the list. Well, it's I, I yeah. What do, what do you have as the list? Well, I have China, China. Which uh, the problem is, is that it's the, the list is people we can't really do much about because we're, what are we going to do with China? We're going to cut them off? I don't think so. India, which she mentioned, South Korea, which is what, our, one of our our best allies. What's the name? What did one of our greatest one of our above their weight? Our greatest allies, yeah. One of our greatest allies. We're going like, to screw them over. South Africa, Indonesia, Malaysia, Pakistan, another one of our uh, all-time great allies. Philippines punches above its weight and blah, blah, blah. Well, well, Singapore. Well, listen, listen, listen. Sri Lanka, Taiwan, and Turkey. Well, let me explain. So you mentioned two. Let me just give you a couple of important ones. So where's the president today? He's in South Korea, right? Why is he in South Korea? Well, why? Because in South Korea... We now have 20 American and South Korean warships, including submarines, aircraft carriers, destroyers, all looking at China. That's why the president's there. So we're saying, hey, China, you got to reduce your uh, your dependence upon uh, oil from uh, uh, from Iran. Sri Lanka. Oh, what do we have in Sri Lanka? Let's take a look. We have a draft resolution that just went through uh, the Senate. Did you know about this, John? No, I never heard of it. Reaffirming, I'm just pulling a piece from I was too busy following that murder, uh, racist murder down in Florida. Yeah, you did well, little human resource. Reaffirming that states must ensure that any measures taken to combat terrorism in Sri Lanka complies with their obligations under international law. Well, what just happened in uh, Sri Lanka? Uh, Wow, an Indian company was granted the rights to drill for oil uh, China has made an, its application for oil exploration. This is, once again, it's about kicking the Chiners out and showing them who's boss. So the United States government applauds the passage of the U- UN Human Rights Council's resolution on promoting reconciliation and accountability in Sri Lanka. In other words, we've already got our experts in there. Indonesia. Oh, wow. Indonesia. China, Indonesia signs deal worth $17 billion last Friday. Oh, wow. This is, well, actually, this is... Uh, no agenda. Pipeline fever. It's Maynard. I couldn't hear it. <laughs> it's uh, the pipes. <laughs> oh, the pipes. But ha- we have to change it. It has to be follow the pipes and kick out the chiners. It's not enough anymore. So, um, Syria... Just to, to follow along, because this is what it's all about. It's about squeezing everybody down. And, and, I, and I will say again that um, uh, all the oil now is coming from Saudi Arabia. They have, they've already said, oh, we're going we're gonna to crank it up. We're going to go to maximum capacity to deliver oil to those of you who don't want to buy it from uh, or can't buy it from Iran, which, of course, affects the price of everything. You know, it's like it's like yeah, it doesn't. Which is the reason we're paying five bucks a gallon? Yes, for gas of course it is. Of course it is. 
And so, by the way, I'd like to know just while you're still on this topic with the, with the list of countries, one of the th- it was never mentioned that there are com- countries that are exempt. I think it was kind of in passing. But for example, Japan is totally exempt. 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 Yeah, of and course. And ten of the EU main EU countries All are exempt. exempt. So what difference does it All make? All exempt. No, it's 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 about squeezing Iran because we want to get in there. So I'm watching this Newland thing, and this is where I learned that there's been a coup in Mali. I'm like, where the hell is Mali? Get out your maps, people. It's not small. Mali is a huge country uh, right next to Nigeria, and it's very strategically located. Let's have a listen to uh, the question that comes up about, and of course, this is all about terrorism, obviously. To make determinations um, uh, about whether something is a coup, uh, or at least it takes the State Department uh, some time. But um, is there any immediate uh, effect in terms of ceasing cooperation with the government of Mali, particularly on um, counterterrorism work? Well, I think you know that the United States uh, provides significant security and security! economic and financial support to the government of Mali every year. Hey, John, did you know that? Did you know that we... Well, uh, we do with everybody, so I suppose I did. It's not that much, though. Something along the order of $137, $140 ah, million. Dollars. Nothing. Uh, we are meeting this afternoon. No decisions have been made to look at those assistance problems. Uh, uh, problems? Oh, de- assistance problems. Problems. She oh she misspoke there. She, she blew it. Assistance problem. I mean, program. Not problems. No problem. There's no problem. And in particularly on on counterterrorism, which <clears throat> some of which I imagine is done with the military. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you think uh, it's possible to continue counterterrorism cooperation with the new uh, authorities? Well, again, our expectation and what we are supporting and working for with our ECOWAS and AU partners is that we can reverse this, that we can get back to good, solid democratic governance in Mali and with regard to what one would do, could do, should do in this period now with listen. the assistance we're looking at it this afternoon, Wait. so we haven't done it. So, now, so, and so I'm perked up, right? I'm, okay, so we've got terrorism, we've got a coup going on. And by the way, not mentioned in this, which came out the day after, Patrick Barnes uh, an official from uh, AFRICOM has now come forward and admitted that the leader of the coup was trained by the U.S. government. Dillon Mali, Scott, yeah. The primary flashpoint here appears to have been the military's ability to deal with the Tuareg Rebellion. The Tuareg Rebellion. Is it the view of the United States? Now, do you know what the Tuareg Rebellion is all about? Have you ever heard Something that? about the Volkswagen. There's yeah. Volkswagen Tuareg. <laughs> that, that was the top hit on Google, but that's not it. States that that rebellion has been... Um, Amplified, revived by the fall of Gaddafi in Libya and the oh. return of Tuareg fighters from Libya to both Mali and Niger. Okay, so the guys that we uh, uh, paid to go in and mess up Libya, the Tuareg rebels, they've come back and they're now doing this in Mali. So I'm like, what's going on in Mali? Well, well I, before you go on, I hate that you're just going to do the you're going to do the pipeline again. Thing and we're t- are you gonna okay? There's what the ones the way I see it. If you want to go into the conspiracy side of it, a couple of years ago the Japanese decided to run a pipeline from through I think from South Sudan over to Kenya through Mali and out to the coast to an island. That's and what. They, then along the way, the I one. think it may be even recently the the Chinese, yeah, the China's as you would have it, 
looked at this, and I think, and it was Toyota that was doing the pipeline. The Chinese guy said, "You know, we we, we, can, we can help out on this deal." Mm-hmm. And so it would be possible that, well, you know, maybe we're not so pleased with letting this go on like this. And so we take over the place. Well, you can say that one or you could look at the Trans-Saharan gas pipeline, which goes all the way up to the north into Europe. From all the way down in the south of Africa. But that's not even the big thing. This is where 80 percent of what comes out of Mali is gold. And the Chiners have huge gold mining operations there. Ah, right. And that, I think, is, uh, is the big one here. Gold accounted for 80% of the mining activity in the mid-2000s. And um, here's a report. Uh, according to the latest report released by the Asia Society of the United States, Chinese direct investment overseas in the initial stage of an exponential takeoff Chinese companies' overseas assets will reach $2 trillion by 2020, uh, particularly in Mali. So this is, again, just about kicking the Chiners out. But what's interesting is that today came out that, uh, indeed, we have uh, trained the rebels there. So the problems that uh, Ms. Newland spoke about are actually caused by us. But then, you see, we, you have to have a solution for the Chiners, and we have BP, ExxonMobil, and ConocoPhillips are now talking to Alaska to build a $40 billion pipeline to export liquefied natural gas from Alaska's North Slope to China. There's your, there's your solution. That's what we've been waiting for, I guess. Uh, it's a possibility. I know that they're, they're just, they've apparently discovered a bunch of oil in Mali. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is another thing that's oh, yeah. a, that's a variable. Well, it, and you, you, I would assume that the Chinese, if they're doing gold mining there, have probably built up a pretty big infrastructure. Oh, they got a huge infrastructure. They build up. They put all kinds of stuff in, but it's always just for them. But see, now we have terrorists. You see, so now we can go and we I can help see, the Mali. You can see the terrorist thing in the scheme of things. Well, that's but they're mentioning it, so they're talking about it. Ter- it'll come. You know, is this terrorist thing going to get old? No, no, it could never get old. They know that that Curry and Dvorak got to fill hours of programming, so they just keep bringing it up. So So I took took a flight, you know, up to back and forth from Seattle. Mm -hmm. And besides the fact there was some loud, it was one of those situations in Seattle. There was some, I've never seen this before, some loud mouth chick. (laughs) <laughs> yakking away about, you know, telling it, yelling and screaming about, yeah, if you got to, da, 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 you know, what you hate the most. Yeah. Yeah. I the hate screaming that. Yeah. lunatic and nonstop. Yeah. And she just kept talking about, you have to take your laptops out. You got to do this. You can't have anything. Oh, and in your TSA, pocket. you mean? TSA. Yeah. TSA. I'm, yeah. TSA. Was she fat? She was a little on the portly side, yes. Was she hot? No. No, they never are. I can so take it from anyway, a hottie. Wait, she was like yakking, yakking, and yakking. And so I'm in line, and of course uh, they had this one guy was putting half of them through the body scanner and half of them through the ma- magnetometer, and I didn't get to refuse to go through the body scanner because he shoved me in the magnetometer, which is fine. Oh, okay, good. But anyway, she sees me in line, and I have like because over time I have a, my my the printout, a paper printout of my boarding pass in my shirt pocket. Take it out of your pocket. Yeah. That can you be a dangerous weapon. Paper on you. You cannot have paper on you. Take the paper out of your pocket. Take the paper out of your pocket. Put the paper in your baggage. Put your paper in the in the bin. Did a you, piece of paper? Are you kidding me? Did you pop that bitch in the face? Uh, 
So uh, <laughs> anyway, this is like. Do we get a paper cut? <laughs> I'm bleeding. <laughs> wow. You got that paper? No paper for you. No bagels. No paper. Shut up. Paper? Really? Yeah, I know. You can't hold anything in your hand either. But you just had it in your shirt pocket, huh? Yeah. Because, you know, the boarding pass. Because Take- they used to make you look at the boarding pass when you went through again. You know, so yeah. show, show yeah. your boarding pass. So then they changed that. Now you can't even carry your boarding pass. And they said, so she yells and screams about, get your belt off. And get your paper out. So I had a big wad of paper in my pocket. I decided my pants. I said, "Screw it! I'm gonna leave that in there. I'm leaving my belt on because I had a shirt that was that was not tucked in." I went through the thing, no problem. It didn't go off. Nothing went off. <laughs> this bull crap. So she's just basically lying. <laughs> yeah, my favorite. So, um, sorry for the discussion. no, that's okay. No, it's always funny. Good tea. Dame uh, double knockers on the Dame Astrid. Send us a nice note. Uh, you know, the, of course, we uh, she got a, a double damehood from uh, Sir Mark. She sent us a knighthood, uh, a nice note that she returned uh, going back to Tokyo from San Diego, and uh, she said, "I should actually quote the email, but it was kind of hot." She said, "You know, I opted out, and the nice TSA lady was telling me about all the reasons why you know I, I wasn't going to die from the radiation in such a, a smooth, like poetic voice that she said she started to, like fantasize." <laughs> Did you see that note? I was like, yeah, that's kind of hot. Yeah, I like that. So um, amidst all of this, what have we not seen on television? We have not seen any more uh, Syria talk. This is just off the radar. Yeah, that's interesting. And so the reason why is that uh, Kofi Annan, you know, the guy that uh, was all corrupted in the food for oil program, that a-hole of the United Nations. Oh, yeah. He put together his six-point peace proposal to end the year-long conflict in Syria. And so back to Miss Newland, and uh, she says hi to the journalist, and I think he's either from he's either from Russia, Syria, or Turkey. I don't know which one, but she starts off by saying the, the most out, r- ridiculous comment to the guy because she apparently hasn't seen him in a while. And, uh, and we'll listen to that first, and then we'll listen to his question. We missed you. Where have you been? Have you been home? Uh, yeah. In Syria. That's where we got the beard. Where you been? Yeah, it's home in Syria. Yeah, oh, that's where you got the beard. What? What does that mean? Maybe she's, as far as she's concerned, he's Taliban. <laughs> I guess so. Like, where you been, Syria? Oh, you freaking terrorist. All right, what's your question, terrorist? And he comes up with a very good question. A great question, I might say. Uh, you, you stated that you continue to call on Assad to step down, but the Annan mission that you are endorsing uh, does not call uh, Assad to step down, neither it foresees any kind of time restraint or uh, it proposes any kind of credible threat of force, right? I mean, how, how both uh, reconcile? So this is very good. The guy's saying, look, you no longer are you calling for Assad to step down. You're no longer saying, you know, days, not weeks. There's no timeline. What happened? How, do you, how does this reconcile? What's going on? Could you... Elaborate on that. Uh, we don't see any irreconcilable elements here. The Assad six points are focused on getting an. She means the uh, Kofi Annan six points, but she says uh, the Assad six points. She's such a idiot. Immediate ceasefire and immediate humanitarian uh, relief process underway, and an immediate political transition dialogue ongoing. Now, so this is all not true. 
So I, I looked up the six points, and uh, the six points are as follows. Syria commits to work with Anan in, quote, an ex- inclusive Syrian-led political process to address the legitimate aspirations and concerns of the Syrian people. That's very different than what she just said. Uh, Syria commits to stop fighting and immediately stop troop movements and the use of heavy weapons in populated areas. You know, uh, uh, light weapons are okay, I guess. As these actions are being taken, Syria should work with Anand to end all violence under UN supervision. Anand will seek similar commitments from the opposing parties to stop all fighting. Syria accepts and implements a daily two-hour humanitarian pause to deliver aid and evacuate the injured. Like, hold, hold on, half time, hold on, let's clean up the field, let's just stomp down the divots. All right, everybody, good. Syria commits to intensify the peace and scale of release of arbitrarily detained persons. And Syria commits to ensure freedom of movement throughout the country for journalists. And Syria commits to respect freedom of association and the right to demonstrate peacefully. Nowhere does it say Assad steps down, let another political party come in. It doesn't say that at all. That doesn't change the fact that we don't think that Assad is the guy that can lead his country into a democratic but future. But it doesn't call specifically Assad to step down or there is no time frame for these dia- dialogues. Again, these are the kinds of things that... <laughs> she gets, now she gets annoyed. You should see her face. That the... Um, Kofi Annan technical team that's in Damascus is working on, but we can't get, you know, we have to get this started, and it has to start with an end to the violence today, and humanitarian Foreign, relief for the people. Today, Turkish Foreign Minister Dovtolo said that in addition to common message, we also have to develop a joint plan of action. Uh, and He's talking about the uh, Turkish Foreign Minister who just visited Klippity Klopp. Also, there are some commentaries today that Foreign Minister Dovutoglu, when he was here, having a meeting with the uh, Secretary Clinton, uh, U.S. position was to tell Turkey uh, not to create buffer zone or any kind of humanitarian corridor. So what I'm reading into this, John, is a deal has been struck. I'm reading a deal is done, Russia's coming in, they're taking over, they're getting their port, whatever has to be done, but the deal is done. I mean, to me, it's, it's over. Yeah, no, uh, today's, I don't think we have to go on with this. That no, 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 longer, no, we don't. No, I just want to make Today's New York Times, nothing. No. Page eight, they buried a story about Syria, and it really had nothing to do with anything. And it's, it's, it's over. You're right. It's over. It's the same way it started. It was just somewhere in the middle, I guess, there was a bunch of, uh, we had to do some saber rattling. I think we're going to, I think this is going to fade out of the news if it hasn't completely already. And it's ne- we're not going to hear anything unless something, somebody doesn't do, do, do their what job. they say they're going to do. No, I think it's done. It's a done deal. It's over. Whatever yeah, had okay. to happen. Well, that's the way it goes. It was no big. It was a phony baloney thing to begin with. Yeah, the Russians own the place. It's well, they already it. owned half of it. So yeah, they might as well give it. The, give them the whole thing. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, 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 you, dude, hey, you with well, your shirt off. A, um, you with your shirt off. Take Syria. The, Put a hotel on it. The Senate had a big deal about the, you know, uh, Russia entering the World Trade Organization. Which we talked what, about. Right. And what's interesting, uh, I, I have a couple of clips that are probably not even, I can summarize better because they have the sound. But oh, that's uh, too bad. It, what's interesting is that the Democrats are trying to repeal all these restrictions that we've had on trade with Russia. And the WTO agreement that... Is essentially is going to open up Russia for our exports, but we're not letting the Russians in. So we're not going to see a bunch of Russian goods necessarily. Uh, no iPadski for you. 
So it's kind of a one-way street, at least according to Bacchus. Bacchus on Russia. If you want to listen to his yeah, yeah, overall thing, you can hear part. There's only like one. He went on for 10 minutes. There's a couple I'm, of minutes. I'm very interested. Catherine the Great once said, there is nothing <laughs> so difficult as to escape from that which is essentially agreeable. Dude, this sounds like a, a recording from 1929. <laughs> Isn't that great? Sounds like Eisenhower <laughs> on the wireless. Some ideas of how to, how to use this technology. Russia joining the World Trade Organization presents a lucrative opportunity for the United States economy and American jobs. We can all agree on that. It was all embrace rather than escape. I, I don't know if I can listen to it. It's it pretty... sounds fine coming over the thing. I, really? Sound bad? Okay. Yeah. All right. Seriously. Russia is the largest economy currently outside the WTO. It is the sixth largest economy in the world. To allow American businesses, workers, farmers, and ranchers to seize the opportunity that Russia joining the WTO presents, Congress must act. We must pass Permanent Normal Trade Relations, or PNTR, to ensure our exporters can ex access the growing Russian market. If the United States passes PNTR with Russia, U.S. exports to Russia are projected to double within five years. If Congress doesn't pass PNTR, Russia will join the WTO anyway, and U.S. exporters will lose out to their Chinese and European competitors. Oh, yeah. These competitors will expand their exports at our expense. Russia PNTR is a one-sided agreement that benefits American workers and businesses and requires them to give up nothing in return. Unlike a free trade agreement, the U.S. states will not further open its market to Russia. We will not lower any of our tariffs or make any other changes to our trade laws. It's a one-way street. Russia, on the other hand, will lower its tariffs, open its market to U.S. exports. U.S. service providers will gain access to Russia's telecommunications, banking, and other key markets. Wow. U.S. meat producers will secure greater access to the Russian market, including a generous U.S. Pacific beef quota of 60,000 metric tons. A lot of meat. And the United States will get new tools for our toolbox to hold tools. Russia accountable to its obligations. Tools. These include binding legal enforcement and transparency measures. Well, this is great. So this is pretty much what we thought. It's like, we'll give you Syria, and then you uh, give us your rare you earth give us minerals. Your, your market so we can throw some stuff at that. Fantastic. Now, here's the thing that's interesting. It's the Democrats who want to do this deal. The Republicans are dead set against it. Play this taste of Kyle, this guy, this senator from Arizona douchebag. It's only a short clip. But this is a part of his long, boring exposition on why we should never even talk to the Russians. And I think it's really a throwback to the 50s and his anti-communist sentiment. Let's stipulate that American businesses, farmers and ranchers should be able to sell products to Russia and that free trade is important and beneficial to the United States. We still need to determine whether America is getting a good deal through Russia's WTO accession, whether more should be done to protect our interests. For example, Russia has never ratified the bilateral investment treaty that the Senate ratified years ago. That treaty would prevent Russia from expropriating businesses, an admittedly big problem in Russia. This is a very basic economic right that isn't being protected. In addition, one of our witnesses will discuss Russia's failure to remit royalties, which is also not directly covered by the WTO agreements. 
And I submit the administration is missing a point on the repeal of Jackson-Vanik, which ties most favored nation status to freedom of emigration. While immigration may longer be an issue, Russia's blatant disregard for human rights and the rule of law is every bit as relevant today as it was decades ago. Huh. That's your Jason Vanek again. Jackson They Vanek. go on and on. Jackson. Jackson they go Vanek. on and on and on and on. Of course, the human rights thing is the, is got to be hilarious to everybody yeah. in the world since we have the most prisoners, 6 million incarcerated, plus the most per capita incarcerated. We're the human rights violators. Yeah. Or just go to the airport and try to get through the line without having your rights violated. Yeah, don't, so this is paper. nonsense. Yeah. yeah that, you know, it's worth it. But we need to work on your setup over there, man. Well, no, I just I'm not going to use the setup I used. It was just a, it was a lash up. <laughs> okay. Another tale of the Hollywood Whackers. Uh, time for a little intermezzo here on the No Agenda Show, the greatest podcast in the universe. Uh, the Hollywood Whackers, worth more dead than alive. The estate of Michael Jackson has landed the biggest recording deal in history: a two hundred million dollar contract with Sony Music Entertainment. Oh, man. Who would have thunk it, huh? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Uh, but even better is the news about Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. Of course, uh, Dr. Drew running around. Sanjay Gupta running around. Ah, she got killed. Right? Pharmaceuticals. Ah, Xanax. She got killed. Killed. Stop taking drugs. Legal drugs. You killed. 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 They're very silent right now. As uh, Wolf Blitzer had breaking news. And some idiot who was standing by the coroner's door with a report in her hand, she can't make heads or tails of it, but it wasn't the legal drugs that killed Whitney Houston. Well, the Los Angeles coroner's office, Wolf, just gave us what they said was the first official copy, the toxicology report for Whitney Houston, who died back in February, the day before the Grammys. And, Wolf, I can tell you the final cause of death has been determined. It's been ruled drowning. Um, we also know that at the time of her death, Whitney Houston had heart disease. There was also cocaine, Wolf, found in her system. Uh, she was found submerged in a bathtub at the Beverly Hilton Hotel again just the day before the Grammys. Um, the, um, there was cocaine in her system. As well, what's also interesting, Wolf, in terms of the toxicology here, in addition to cocaine, there were other metabolites that were identified and were contributory to her death. Um, marijuana, the drug Xanax, however, Flexeril and Benadryl were identified, but they did not did not contribute to her death. We're just told here, uh, cocaine and other uh, metabolites. Uh, finally, no foul play or trauma is suspected. Right. So the only problem was uh, they found no uh, cocaine in her hotel room and uh, if, you, if you take cocaine let me tell you something i don't know much about it i've never done it i've seen people on coke you don't typically fall asleep <laughs> you're like you know like, oh i'm so oh, i just took a big toot of coke let me get in the bathtub oh, oh i'm drowning no <laughs> so uh, I'm sure that someone said, hey, we've got to correct this little problem. Everyone was talking about Xanax. This is not good. Uh, and it seems like we've got a fall guy for all of this, too. As this uh, Ditz continues to report, 
Who is central to all of this? The cocaine death, drowning death of Whitney Houston. This whole thing, you know, it's been a long process for the family as well, uh, Wolf. And I know that Bobby Christina was at the center of this investigation. Investigators here say that she was crucial to this investigation in terms of closing out this toxicology. Uh, They weren't able to interview Bobby Christina, but she was the primary um, point of contact for the toxicology findings, the primary um, family contact. And so they were able to reach her. We're hoping to get some more information from Ed Winter with the coroner's office in terms of how exactly she was notified. Uh, Since they had so many problems getting in touch with her uh, in the past several weeks, I believe that they had to locate her uh, through her attorney. So again, we're waiting for more details right now. But as it stands, um, drowning as well as heart disease and cocaine found in Whitney Houston's system. Just want to make sure you got it. Drowning, cocaine, heart failure, uh, and her daughter. Was her daughter giving her coke? I don't know. But just so you know, it wasn't the Xanax or anything like that. Where's Dr. Drew? Where's Dr. Drew on all this? Shouldn't he be uh, like, I told you, it was uh, drugs. There's a peculiar show talking about that other guy, uh, Gupta. Sanjay Gupta. He's got some weird show I was watching at the airport called The Next List. And he dresses up. He's very, it's very, it's, it's weird. It, it, it just seems like, a, I don't know. I, I'll get into it. I just thought I'd mention for anyone out there. I don't even know if it's on C-SPAN. It might be only airport only. C-SPAN owns a lot of the airport uh, TV systems. I think they're running the TSA. <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. You know, my this XP computer keeps resetting the clock. Uh huh. According to it, it's nine forty six, and I keep resetting it to up an hour. I don't know. Okay, well, anyway, you do have a few people that donated. Curiously, uh, we're kind of missing the hundred dollar range, which I think hurt us this week. Yeah, it did. But we did get a lot of the following. Like, how many do we have? One, two, three, four, five. And I, which keeps the the, the keeps Carrie Schoen, uh, our our runner in Germany. Um, her initiative alive of donating $69.69. Right on. So uh, let's, let me move this thing over so I can see who this person is. Uh, tinyempire.com in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, producer Miles encourages Arizona residents to save the date for Tech Phoenix, November 10th and 11th, the conference formerly known as PodCamp AZ. Mm. Website's techphx.com. Uh, 69.69. Kelby Koenig in Grover, Colorado. Like to hear a little uh, 69.69, little kid MILF jingle and wondering how much longer I have to get a ring. Well, you have to do the math yourself and let us know. That's one hot MILF, baby. And then we verify it. Jonathan Senor or Senor. Senor? Senor. What do you think? Shanor. Senor. 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 Uh, Coquitlam, I think, British Columbia, 6969. John Senor, Shinor, Senor, Coquitlam, <laughs> Coquitlam, British Columbia. I introduced my buddy Joe to your show. You thanked him for his donation on Thursday. I've been listening longer than him, and this will be my first donation of what I hope will be many. Because of my until now douchebagginess, I'd like to give two to the head, followed by a de douching to revive me. 
Keep yourselves and Adam's mic after Thursday's near disaster. A shot of karma to keep the great show going for a long time. Okay, so the two to the head and the dedouching? Yeah. Well, we could do that. You've been dedouched. Yeah. More than just that. And then he wants a karma for us. Oh, hold on a second. Karma for us. Thank you very much. Always appreciate it. You've got karma. I like the two to the head de douching. Yeah, let's, let's, let's <laughs> you think that about again. it. Yeah, let's see. You've been de douched. Kind of works. Yeah. It's like you've been, you've been de douched because you're dead. <laughs> Methow, Methow Phillips, <laughs> Dearborn Heights, Michigan, or Methu, Methu. Mato, Mato, Could be Mato. Mato. Mateo. Could Mateo. be Mateo. Mateo. Mateo sounds better, yeah. Yeah, Mateo. Uh, Dearborn Heights. 6969, show 383, I started the 6969 donation train. <laughs> 12 shows later, it's still going. Clippity-clop, clippity-clop. It's clippity-clop. <laughs> Just clippity-clop. Uh-huh. Colin Cresswell in Sydney, Australia. Uh, 69.69 in the morning, you guys from Gitmo Down Under. Fantastic shows. Keep up with the good work. I'm loving the media smashing nations. Media smashing nations. First time donor, short term boner. Can I get a douchebag shout out to Lacey and Moisey? Douchebag. For putting me onto the show in a few months back, then failing to donate over the past few months. Value for value. Can I get a karma shot? For my new house purchase next week is totally out of our price range, but it's going to auction. So hopefully everyone gets sick or is rained out and we are left as the only bidders. <laughs> I don't think you can ask for karma for people to get sick. That doesn't, that doesn't sound like a... I get karma for a good a low bid. You've got karma. So it's, uh, the, he mentions the donation is coming from his wife's PayPal account. He's hijacked it. And don't <laughs> anyway, uh, Sir Michael Miller in Tiburon, California, sixty-seven dollars karma for Catherine to feel better and fight off the cold. You've got karma. Charles Bennett, Boise, Idaho, sixty-six, sixty-six. A little karma for him, and I call it to my friend Tricky T in Colorado for being a douchebag for not donating. Douchebag. Yes, You've got karma. Heather Simpkin in uh, Henley-on-Thames, Oxfordshire. My wise and wonderful partner, Charlie Stobert, turned me on to the best cop podcast in the universe as a way of explaining why I get so angry with TV news. She shouts at the television, apparently, and refused to watch biased, bogative reporting. I save up your shows and listen to a little bit every day just to keep me sane. Please, could I have some karma for my very talented son, Samuel Ranger, who is auditioning for drama school this week and is going to be a huge star. Then he can be your very own George Clooney for all the right reasons. Thank you for being so honorable in such a dishonorable world. Love, Heather. Oh, that's very cute. Well, of course I'll give him some karma. Love to. You've got karma. Uh, Kristen Jones, Fredericksburg, Virginia. The women are representing today, aren't they, John? Unbelievable. Double nickels on the dime. In the morning, John and Adam, please credit this donation to my husband, Sam. It's his birthday. I'd like to help him get a bit closer to Noah Jenna Knighthood. Adam, we enjoyed meeting you in the summer, both at Fredericksburg and Georgetown meetups for the Hot Pockets 2008 tour, apparently stalkers. I was with the one who shared a platter of crabs. Oh, yes, I remember very well, of course. you in Fredericksburg. Sam said he... 
he, he said that those are the two best days of his life. <laughs> wow. I try not to take too much offense to this. <laughs> we, we still refer to the debauchery that ensued at our house after the first meetup as no agenda night. We've been working really hard here in Stafford County to infiltrate the local GOP mass meeting to elect delegates for Ron Paul. I'd like to request Shada Karma for him. And for all the liberty-minded people who are working to spread the true message of freedom and liberty, you guys included. So do I have to karma. hand out karma? Yeah. All right. Karma coming. Here you go. You've got karma. Speaking of which, uh, Miss Mickey is now uh, way into the Hot Pockets 2009 idea. Thanks, John. Uh, and I guess... Uh, You're welcome. I, I would be amiss by not saying uh, we need an RV. Yes. You can start working on that. Yeah. So- Jason Seals, Irving, Texas, $55 in the morning, citizens. The donation is in direct response to the ridiculous... NPR commercial, and more importantly, Adam gargling the frothy mix <laughs> on 393. Thanks for the continued media assassination. Can I have a hey, citizen, and some karma for my upcoming move? Oh, hold on. That didn't work. Hey, citizen. <laughs> hey, citizen. You've got karma. Sorry. Sean, Sean Wen in Calgary, Alberta, $50. You guys are awesome. My husband, Alex, and I have been listening to your podcasts since we were still in China. We really love it. I'm Chinese, but I have to say there's definitely no racism on your show. <laughs> it's still snowing in Calgary, by the way. And April 1st will be my husband's birthday. It'd be a warm present for him if you could bring him some good karma uh, on your show. Wo Men Hen Zai Huan No Agenda. Yin Wai Ta Shi Gi Han Hao which means we love no agenda. <laughs> Sounded just like it, didn't it? Yeah, well, I could use a little work on my Chinese. I can try this. Hold on a second. Let me try it. Let me try it. Women hands one no agenda. Yin wei tasi chegeng hao da da boke. You know that it's not Vietnamese. Chiners everywhere are going, damn. And nailed it. <laughs> Mike Ber- Mike Ber- uh, Bernstein in Bettendorf, Iowa, fifty dollars. Paul Vella in Towchester, North Hampshire, Northampton, Northamptonshire, 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 Northamptonshire in uh, fifty dollars. No comment. And Dave in Davis, or Dave Anonymous in Davis, California. Uh, please consider signing our petition. Uh, this is a second donation. I'm a student at UC Davis. Our youth for Ron Paul chapters collecting online responses. Invite Paul to speak on campus. We've collected 600 signatures. They want to get Ron Paul to UC Davis. You can go to uh, Liberty Nor- uh, survey.libertynorcal.org. Uh, you'll get no spam, only date location updates. Okay? All right. Figure that out. And finally, last but not least, is Christopher Hunter in Texas City, Texas, which is, I think, waving distance from you. In the morning, fellas from the drone state, seeing as today is my birthday, we have it on there. I'm hoping to get a little, get your shit together, karma, as I transition out of the magical 33 to 34. Oh, you're screwed now, man. Also throw in a little Kevlar karma for yourselves to prevent any two-to-the-head shenanigans and whatnot. Okay. You've got... Karma. So what happened to everything above sixty nine? We didn't get any any anything above sixty nine. Yeah, I found that peculiar. Well, you know, you know, there is something we could do to to help on the income. If you want to help me, you want to what? Help, you want to produce me? Produce you what? 
Well, I got a, uh, I have an audition for uh, Hyundai. Oh, Hyundai. Hyundai, yeah. See, I can't even do that right. And you, you said, said you, you said Hyundai Hyun- seriously? Yeah. Huh. Hyun- Hyundai. So the Hyundai. Spe- specs Hyundai. are Hyundai. male, trustworthy, everyman type, accessible, not polished or slick, perhaps a bit of a regional accent to convey authenticity. You want to do it? Can you do Texas? Well, should I do Texas? All right. Oh, let's, that's let's, perfect. Real, rare or real small? All right. Real small? Yeah, Man, small Texas. All right. Let's, let's try it. Uh, this is spot number one to be read in a conversational style. What is that? You know, where you're just talking to me like you're doing right. now. Uh, many car makers put out a fuel-efficient car. <laughs> no, no, that? no. Okay, that's out. All right. That's no good. Well, how, what am I? I'm doing it right. Read it to me like you're talking to me. Like okay. you're talking. Come on. Let's go. All right, John. Many car makers put out a fuel-efficient car. Hyundai yeah. bring. You can't, I'm going to make it conversational, you, then you can do it. Bold. You can't be in the spot, man. It's like No, oh, no, we're not doing the spot. We're just getting you in the mood to do it right. No, I'm recording this. This is, is going to oh, be. Oh, you're actually recording it. This is going to be the spot, yeah. Okay, go. Okay. Many car makers put out a fuel-efficient car. Hyundai brings you a fuel-efficient fleet. Presenting- Hyundai. It's Hyundai. 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 Many car makers put out a fuel-efficient car. Hyundai brings you a fuel. <clears throat> Fuck. Many car makers put out a fuel-efficient car. Hyundai brings you a fuel-efficient fleet, presenting the 40-mile-per-gallon highway Sonata Hybrid. Is this conversational? No, not at all. You suck. Uh, why don't you make it... You've got to bring down... You're, you're actually just sounding like an announcer. you got to bring... you got to pull that out of there. Well, how do I do... That's the hard part, though. No, it's not It's not the hard part. I mean, it's, you think you're making okay. it harder okay. than it is. Okay, we'll just be talking, and then I'll just go into it, right? And, and, yeah, and, and, talking I'll, away. Okay, talking hey, away. Hey, by the way, Adam, you, what, you know anything about the Hyundai? Yeah, many car makers put out a fuel-efficient car, but Hyundai brings you a fuel-efficient fleet. Presenting the 40-mile-per-gallon highway Sonata Hybrid. The 40-mile-per-gallon highway. That doesn't sound exciting. Who wants to listen to that? Mm. How do I make this conversational? The 40-mile-per-gallon highway Elantra and the 40-mile-per-gallon highway Accent. After all, there's no such thing as too much of a good thing. Only at your, lo- only at your local Hyundai dealers. I-, I got one for you. All right. You know, you've, I, we did this once before. One time I played this clip of this guy's excited surfer guy. Yeah. And he was really over the top. And you said to me, ah, he says, I, you said, I can do that voice. And you did it. Okay. Can you do a really excited surfer? Well, let's let's do spot number two because that says to be read with a sense of urgency. Oh, that's perfect. Do okay. it. Okay. Kick savings into overdrive at your Hyundai dealer and get a 2012 Santa Fe for 0.9 APR plus 500 bonus cash or a 269 a month deal. The, the Santa Fe has a best in class maximum cargo space and it's a 2012 IHS top safety pick. So live large and save larger. Get a Santa Fe for 0.9 APR plus $500 bonus or $269 a month. Only at your local Hyundai dealer. <laughs> Dvorak.org slash N-A. I am sending it in. That's beautiful. I'm sending it in just like you gotta, that. You got you to gotta take a little clue. You got to edit it because you have a little flub in there, but yeah, you can pull no. it out. Is, is that good? Do you think I'll get it now? That's dynamite. <laughs> now, but should I do the surfer dude? Do the first one the same way with that surfer Okay, let's guy. try it. Let's try one. You nailed it. All right, let's try it. <laughs> Here we go. Many car makers put a fuel... Fi- 
Any car makers put out a fuel-efficient car, but Hyundai brings you a fuel-efficient fleet, presenting the 40-mile-per-gallon Highway Sonata Hybrid, the 40-mile-per-gallon Highway Elantra, and the 40-mile-per-gallon Highway Accent. After all, there's no such thing as too much of a good thing. Only a local Hyundai dealer. No, no, this one. <laughs> you can't, that copy is not readable in that voice. Uh, let's work on it later, then. Okay, well, that second one, though, is Dynamite. All right, we'll keep that one. The copy was written for that voice, that second one. Yeah. The first one's written for some, I think, one of those, you know, deep voices, you know, paging Mr. Herman, paging okay. Pee Wee Herman. Well, we can try that. We can try that. Many car makers put out a fuel-efficient car. Hyundai brings you a fuel-efficient fleet. Presenting the 40-mile-per-gallon Highway Sonata Hybrid, the 40-mile-per-gallon Highway Elantra, and the 40-mile-per-gallon Highway Accent. After all, there's no such thing as too much of a good thing. Only at your local Hyundai dealers. Not bad. I'll send it in like that. Dvorak.org <laughs> slash N-A. It was good. Especially the ending was particularly <laughs> Oh, my God. Help us out, everybody. Boris Monolov uh, congratulates his human resources. Both turned seven on the 23rd. He's got one on the way in the oven. Kristen Jones says happy birthday to her husband, Sam. His birthday is on the 22nd. Shan San Wen, her husband, uh, celebrates on April 1st on the Fool's Day. And Christopher Hunter congratulates himself. He turned 34 on the 22nd. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And you have to also uh, say Kristen Nicole yes. wants to turn her, uh, Matt turns 30. Yeah. And she's, as a gift, we're mentioning it here so he can hear this. Uh, she wants to knight him, which is going to be his birthday gift or one of them. And I'm sure she's going to give him more than a knighthood, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. anyway, the uh, but she can't seem to get the PayPal thing to work. And we're, she's going to have to go to the dvorak.org slash NA and look at the copy there where you, where you can mail a check. That's so, so we're just being good citizens here. And, hey, uh, citizen. And we're saying that she, he gets the birthday shout out for his 30th. And uh, we're just going to expect her to uh, pony up. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. Okay, beautiful. Hey, we do have uh, one knighthood to do, John, if you could uh, draw your sword out Oh, there. good. Here. Here it comes. Yeah. Ah, nice. Philip Flick, step forward, my friend. Uh, as uh, Well, we only have uh, a little over half a year left on our rings, and you will be receiving one as you have achieved the status of Knight of the Noah Agenda Roundtable by donations equaling up to $1,000. We highly appreciate it. Hereby, we pronounce thee, Sir Philip Flick, Knight of the Noah Agenda Roundtable. You know what's waiting for you? More of those audition tapes from Adam Curry. Yeah, and some wenches and beer if you like it. Or hookers and blow, or rent boys and chardonnay. It's all good for you, my friend. Congratulations. Thank you very much for supporting the show. And, uh, you know, John, we could just do that. You know, we just stop donations. And uh, we just, instead of a donation segment, uh, we'll just do auditions. And, yeah. You know, because if that but pays off. Hyundai should be paying us to do that in that regard. Forget about it. If I get that gig, I'm sharing it with you. I mean, you well, know, you think yeah. of the residuals. Well, the surfer voice you do is outstanding, but not with the with straight copy. It has to be exciting. I can just see them in the audition going like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I'm sending it in just like that. And you watch, watch me get it. How, 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 and, 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 I, and the low one, you think that was good? The first, the second one I did? Yeah, I think so. I, I could, you probably could have slicked it up a little bit, but I, the ending was particularly outstanding. You nailed it.
on the on the low voice. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, thank you. The way you ended the low voice one was you listened to it. It's perfect. <laughs> you are you, you you sitting there laughing, right? You sitting no, here, I'm I mean, telling you because th- I've always thought you had a really good voice, but you never use it for this sort of work, and so you're not used to doing it. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you for producing me, and uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Directing more than producing. <laughs> oh, you know, I got an email from uh, one of our local listeners here in uh, in Austin, <coughs> Steve. Steve. Steve is an architect with a uh, a very famous uh, architectural firm here, and he has offered uh, for free to design the Curry Dvorak Library. Which uh, conveniently, uh, Miss Mickey and I would live in. <laughs> and I had this idea. I'm like, this That's is a really idea. This is a really good idea. You know, so think about it. If now we could just get some, you know, if we have a design, right, an architectural design, can we do like a barn raising where we get, you know, people to come in with hammers and two by fours? And Usually an architect's not going to design something that's that simple to construct. Well, we just need boxes. We I suppose he could. We just need four boxes. You know, it's a, a box for the library, a box for the studio, uh, another box for the, the video studio, and then a box to live in. It's four boxes. Well, why don't you give him a real challenge? Just make it out of cargo containers and a Quonset hut. Now you're talking. Interesting. Cargo containers. That's an interesting idea. Some architects have used cargo containers to create a... a wouldn't residences. It, wouldn't it be cool if we had if we had like a you know like the Clinton Library, you know people could donate containers, send well, a container. I, the containers are easy to come by. Yeah, but they're expensive. They're not free. Well, they're not as expensive as they could be. But a lot of them are deadheaded over the U.S. They sent over from China. We got nothing to ship back in them, and it's not worth the necessarily worth sending them back. So we they pile up. There's a there used to be a huge pile outside of. Uh, That's a the, great idea, John. And we can have a library, and everyone you know can uh, you can book a library it. and museum. Yeah, no, you can. Book, we'll have books. We'll have uh, you know, we'll have some some of our. We we'll have a bunch of videos going constantly with a bunch of projectors. Yeah, showing, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we, we could do concerts, things. conventions. If you just if if you can't get a bagel on the street because it's illegal, you can come in. You know, we'll have a big kitchen. You can cook and eat. And it's all made out of containers, shipping containers. Interesting idea. Yeah, I've always felt those things could be turned in. And they're pretty rugged. I mean, you know, they're hooked on the bo- top of a boat and sh- go go across the Pacific and they come over here intact. And you just weld them together, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to cut holes in them and you got to do all kinds of things. But you could make it into, I think if you look it up, let me see. Shipping <laughs> container. I can see Mickey rolling her eyes right now. I'm not living in no shipping container, <laughs> motherfucker. Container I'm not living house. in that. Shipping container house. Wait a minute. Oh, look at this one. It's gorgeous. Wait a minute. Send me the link. Just go to... Holy crap, this thing's beautiful. Hold on a second. This can't be beautiful. Oh, I'm telling you. This thing is dynamite. <laughs> type in shipping container house and then look at the images that come right up. Okay. Don't type in images. Right, but shipping. the one right in the middle... Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. All of them. Oh, these are outstanding. That one, that redondo.jpg, which oh is the my, second yeah, one Yeah, 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 I got it. Oh, my goodness. That's beautiful. <laughs> totally. And it's just made of shipping containers. Oh, that's yeah. it? Oh, my goodness. Look at the inside. Oh the my. inside is really oh, a it's trip. awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is it. Gold, I tell you. 10 brilliant sustainable shipping container homes. They're beautiful. Oh, 
my goodness, that's fantastic. What a great idea. You have to really look to realize it's shipping containers. No, I see it. <laughs> it's in the inside. It's obvious they're shipping containers, but oh, well, inside it is. Yeah. Wow! You see the one with the blue, the red, the green, and the orange lights and everything. Wow! Oh my goodness! Look at these people sitting outside of their shipping container. <laughs> look at the one with the two deck shipping. Containers. Oh, this is fantastic! Look at the one on stilts. Oh my god! This is great. The one near the water. What an idea, John! You're a genius. Look at the one with the, the the greenhouse shipping container. Yeah, I'm looking at that. That's nice. What a fantastic idea! Shipping containers, and everyone can contribute by sending us a shipping container. They're easy What's to transport. Redondo Beach is amazing. I wonder how they got the. Uh, That's beautiful, isn't it? Built around California's notoriously stringent construction codes, De Maria Designs Redondo Beach Container House is sleek and contemporary. And you know what's great about it? In the Texas Recycled. heat, in the Texas heat, you fry to death. I'm sure there's ways around it. I'm really like this. is a very interesting idea. This there is, are uh, there are shipping containers that are insulated for shipping wine and the, look at the all terrain like cabin. Oh my goodness, this is fantastic. Okay, I'm blown away by this idea now. The Curry Dvorak Library. We need to call it like the Citizens Library or something. Hey, Citizen Library. Hey, Citizen Library for Freedom and Information. The Hey, Citizen Gitmo Nation Library. Something like we got to work on it. But think about it. You know, we could get some cheap-ass land, which is about all I can afford. Cheap-ass. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of land in Texas. Yeah. Uh, it has to be cheap-ass because I got no money. And no one's going to give a 50-year-old guy a mortgage. Hey, check this one out. Did you see the one near the top, which is like a bunch of... Inserts between two apartment buildings. Oh yeah, no, it's beautiful. Yeah, that was when you. That's what I said. Yeah, the blue, the red, the green. Yeah, yeah. But I like the one. I like the the one. The uh, hey, wait, wildwoodtx.com. Don't tell me this is actually someone in Texas who's done this. I can't. Was that just an ad? What is that? Wildwoodtx.com. That thing on the end. Now that's something else. The thing on the ins where you see the shipping containers on the inside, the, By the, way, the red. Take the same page, the original search, and then hit, click on the images button and take a look at a page of these things. They're beautiful. Well, not all of them. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> There's a few eyesores in the mix. What? Uh, what? Let me just see. What? Uh, what does a shipping container cost? Let's see. Used cargo containers for purchase and rent. How much would it cost? How much do these things cost, man? They can't cost much. Because they're uh, surplus. Most of them are junk. They don't, they're trying to get rid of them. Approximately 1600 bucks for a used 40-foot container, 900 for a used 20-foot container. That's a good deal. And, you know, you can just... But this is the great thing. is like people can buy these containers, send them to us, because, you know, that's a known... That's a known system, right? Yeah, it goes right down the back of a truck, and they drop the container off. I'm telling you, this would be fantastic. We build the Hay Citizen Library. It's just a bunch of big these boxes, but they're beautifully constructed. And uh, and you know, everyone who uh, contributes, who sends us a container, you know, we got a place to stay for you. But we also have a real library. We do art galleries. We do. Uh, we have real books, free hollow books. All of them are hollow. <laughs> with cool stuff in them. I'm just saying, it's, it's not a bad idea. 
Well, well, here's a whole prison, it looks like, that was built from these things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we can have that, too. That is a very interesting idea, John. I'm, uh, okay. Well, Steve, you got your work cut out for you, man. Start designing with the uh, shipping containers. <laughs> He's got to buy one of the bo- I'm sure there's a book on the top topic. Oh, yeah. There's way too many of these things not to have some uh, head start for it's beautiful. architects. It's beautiful. I am amazed by this. Anyway, yeah. onward. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry for this little distraction, but I'm liking that. What a great idea. It's easy. Oh, okay. Good. Um, maybe we should talk briefly about Toulouse. Toulouse. Yes. Toulouse. So uh, it's looking more and more like this guy, Mera, was a patsy. As uh, it, this doesn't even seem to be the actual guy. That's, yeah, that's I know. The whole, everything we've seen about him is a goofball, you know, and it just doesn't. The whole thing, it just is very fishy. Well, here's the thing that is really nasty. Um, and this actually came from a source that I trust very much so. So, you know, it took like 32 hours to get this guy, uh, to get this guy, to kill him. But it really what happened was, and, and if you look at the timeline, um, and so they found the guy dead underneath his balcony because he had jumped out, you know, they said in a blaze of bullets and all that stuff. Well, <laughs> yeah, it turns out that's like a big crock because what happened was they had already killed him after like 12 or 13 hours. But Sarkozy was coming down to do a speech, a live telecast, and he was delayed. And so they kept waiting. And and this comes from a guy who's like three apartments down. They kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And then when Sarkozy finally got into town, then they did this this big, you know, big barrage of bullets and explosions. And then we got him. And then Sarkozy goes live on television. But if you count the bullets and the bullet holes and the bullets in his body, the guy had been dead for like hours and they never shot him on the way down. He was just dead. And they just waited for Sarkozy to do his big speech, which includes new laws. If you visit Internet sites supporting terrorism, whatever that means, you're going to go to jail. Which reminds me. Somebody mentioned this to me and I, I, I forgot about it. I have to go now follow up. Do you realize that many of the ISPs and in, in, I guess in cahoots with the government have have installed a six strikes, six strikes, three, uh, three strikes. No, six. Where in the U.S.? Yeah. No, I know there's three strikes in France. No, six strikes in the U.S. You get caught downloading something they don't want you downloading six times. You're cut off from the internet for good. It's got no publicity. Well, wait a minute, that's a human right. The internet is a human right. That's what you'd think if you listen to uh, uh, Lucifer. Yeah, it's a human right. Except if you live in America. Huh. No, I didn't know this. Is that yeah, published I mean, anywhere? Is well, that, I'll dig into it. Is it that, might not is that published actually. anywhere? Is that like real, a real thing, a real it's, law? It's floating, it's floating around. I have to look. I'll, by next show, Thursday show, we'll have all the details. Okay. All right, good. Yeah, so then we have Afghanistan, which has also quieted down just a little bit. But uh, the report's coming out. This is a report from Reuters. Residents of an Afghan village near where the American soldier is alleged to have killed 16 civilians. By the way, why does everyone keep saying 16 civilians, yet he's uh, been charged on account of 17 homicides? Where's the missing person? Maybe a pregnant woman? 
Uh, you're bad. Well, that counts in the U.S. You kill a pregnant woman, they, they charge her with two homicides. Well, they say 16 civilians, but he has 17 counts of uh, murder. Oh, and it counts to the Associated Press. I'm sorry, not Reuters. Associated Press and to the and to Afghan government officials, the residents alleged U.S. troops lined men up from the village against the wall after the bombing on March 7th and told them they would pay a price for that attack. So it seems more and more like the true story is this was not one crazy guy who, by the way, has not developed amnesia, can't remember anything. Uh, it seems like this was a coordinated attack with, uh, indeed, as the as Karzai. And Lord knows what his uh, agenda is, him being like a Chevron dude there to protect the pipeline. Uh, is saying, hey, you know, this was like 1920 guys who came in and shot this village up. Yeah, of course. Now, of course, they are saying he did it twice. So did what twice? But he, you know, he went out once and he went back and he had dinner, I guess. <laughs> no, really? With his pals. Yeah, no. you didn't hear this one? <clears throat> no. Yeah, he goes in, he goes out, but this is what the army says. He went out and killed like half of these people and then he went back to the base and sat around and shot the crap with the guys and I guess had a smoke and a beer and then he <laughs> went back out again and then finished the job. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little, little, and now they're saying it's because he was hit in the head during some action, and he's got you know slightly uh, been stupefied by the, and it was just really some sort of a psychotic break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm believing all that. <laughs> yeah, it's just so. Uh, yeah, and we yeah. had uh, we had coffee. best story they could come up with. We had coffee with uh, Mike and Jane yesterday after the market. Uh, they organized the Austin meetup. It's really awesome. You know, she's uh, she actually is also an architect, uh, and he's a guitar teacher. And uh, they were just like, man, you know, we love the show so much. You know, we, we can't change crap, but it makes us feel so much better. <laughs> like, really, when you hear all the stuff we're talking about, how can you feel better? Well, I think what it makes people feel better is that they, because re- they were always, you people watch, uh, smart people, which is mostly our listeners, smart people watch the news and they're constantly giving these nagging doubts about whether they're being fed a crock of crap. Yeah, true. And they, and they just say, well, no, it can't be a crock of crap because that this, CNN has it and CBS has it and NBC has it. And so then we go dig up. We don't dig up all the crap, obviously. We only have a few things. But the stuff we come up with shows that it is a crock of crap. And you could probably assume that the entire news broadcast is a crock of crap. And it makes you feel better. Yeah, and I think that when when you hear what is the truth, and not saying that we know everything, but somehow inherently in your body, you kind of it feels better. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, I think it's healthy. Yeah, I think yeah, we're a health, yeah. we're actually a health pro- of a news analysis show. We're a health show, health and wellness program. Health and wellness. I'm going to change our. I'm going to change our category on iTunes. Yeah, health and wellness. Health and wellness. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, Ron Paul uh, is uh, has been still. He introduced this uh, this bill in 2009 and again in 2011, and he continues to to move. It's the Parental Consent Act of 2011, HR 2769. And I bring this up because I got a nice little video of the guy who is um, in charge of the petition for this uh, bill. The Parental Consent Act. And what this is, is that uh, essentially uh, the whole idea of this act is no government money shall be spent 
on supporting the following, which uh, his name is Kent Snyder, says is happening uh, and is being put together very quickly by the pharmaceutical industry. And I think it's worth uh, talking about because a lot of us have little human resources and, um, and it's important to note what is happening. People say in the United States that these things can happen here. Uh, mental screening that only took place in the old Soviet Union or communist Vietnam or those places. It's not true. Interested people, especially parents of children, need to be in, informed about this trend, this movement, this very well-orchestrated movement to have every single child in America from 0 to 18 screened for mental illness, which will then lead to treatment, which then really is another word for drugging. We already know what the pharmaceutical industry is doing in terms of lobbying efforts for this this whole uh, the program. We know what the psychiatric profession is doing through their lobbyists. So we know all of that. When special interest groups like the pharmaceutical industry, which is one of the most powerful lobbying groups in Washington, when they bring their lobbyists to Washington, they're here for business. They don't come here for philosophy. They don't come here for the good of the country. They don't come here for principle. They come here to make money on their investment. And when they come to Washington with this plan in particular, they see two things in my view. They see forced new customers and they see guaranteed payments. There you go. So they're going to there's going to be a mandatory screening of your kid for mel- mental illness. It's probably going to happen as a prerequisite for going to school. And they're going to find lots of stuff wrong with you and you're going to get drugs. Oh yeah. They could be everybody's mentally ill from their perspective. Yep. So do you ever get mad at mommy? Yeah, I got mad at her the other day. Ugh. Oh, well, riddling riddling for you. Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah, some you're gonna be drugged kid. I don't like to take drugs. Oh, <laughs> hey. resistance, resistance, that's terrible. Are you doing the twits today? No. Oh, it's too bad. Because uh, you'll recall, I was on the last time I was on Twit in 1937, um, I blew Leo away by saying that Google Voice and Google in general was already listening to us through our computers. And I'm sure you saw the news, right? And they'll be talking about it today, I'm sure. Probably. That Google was awarded a patent for advertising based on environmental conditions. <laughs> Gathered through a device sensors. <laughs> so they're going to be listening to your phone calls. You know, if you have Google Voice installed, uninstall it. And I was yeah, right. No, the, the, the microphone, I, you know, everyone gets a big kick out of it. I got this, uh, I'm using, you know, my Gaffer. laptop's got a little camera on it like all the rest of them. And like every camera I have on all these monitors, yeah. I have a little piece of gaffer's tape right over it. Right. But the because, but the, the microphone is the other one now. Yeah, I probably should gaffer tape those things too. I don't think that works. They, they'll not still be good, Yeah, it would. The gaffer's tape will keep, the, those mics are not that I great. think you should snip the wire. I'd have to go in. Forget yeah, go it. Go in and snip the wire. I'd have to snip the wire. The display goes out. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's groovy, man. Oh, wow. We'll have some software to monitor that crap. I hope Shortly. so. I hope so. Shortly. Well, I'm running Ubuntu now on my personal machine. So You say no. this. Yeah, I am. N- not on the studio machine. But no, on, you can't. It's too late for that. Yeah, but on my uh, too late. Uh, they just, you know, I, mean, I got a system set up. It's good, you know. Yeah, so I'm saying it's too late. You get a system set up, you got a system. You can't just jump around. No. Well, I could, but it's just not there yet. And, 
But yeah, I run it on my on my MacBook Air. It's great. I love it. I trust it. You're running Ubuntu on a MacBook Air? Yeah. It's called, um, my setup is called Mountain Goat. Huh. Yeah. And you like it? I, I love, I've been, I told you about this. I've been using this for over a month now. Yeah. Yeah, it's huh. great. And you know what? Firefox is fast on Ubuntu. You know, on, you know on, on every on Mac and Windows, you know, it's like stuttering, and then when it has to play Flash, Flash is freaking out, and then you know your browser slows everything down. You don't have that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, but on on Ubuntu, f- amazing speed and Thunderbird. I'm using that as the email client. The thing is amazing. I had no idea how good that was, and it keeps uh, it, it 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 maintains a database of all your emails. So if you want to search, it's like really fast. Faster than what I had before. It's good. It's good stuff. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was- I have never brought, I have not yet to bring myself to go to jumping all the way over. I mean, I, I, I do use one of the public, uh, one of the Ubuntu like uh, word processors, which I just happen to like a lot. Yeah. And uh, the open office one. Yep. And I um, use open office too. But, but the problem is I have is I do a lot of work on Photoshop and Illustrator and I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The GIMP, man, the GIMP. Remember we had this the conversation? The GIMP is no good and the, the GIMP doesn't do Illustrator the stuff. The GIMP is great. You need the GIMP. The I think, GIMP is bad. I think you could I think the GIMP is for you. <laughs> you just like saying it. I do. <laughs> Something about the GIMP. All right, I think that's it. Uh, there's there's actually something I want you guys to check out in the show notes, three, nine or four dot NA show notes.com. It's the Monsanto kids biotech basics activity book. I'm sure you've seen this, John. Yes, I have. It's awesome. Isn't it? And so I, I use it to, we use it for homeschooling. (laughs) Yeah. That way your kids won't have to take drugs because that's uh, it's actually good for them. It's all, all the good stuff right there. in the Monsanto kids biotech basics activity book. Make sure you check that out in the show notes under the biodiversite under clips and stuff. Uh, no uh, Napu today. No Agenda's producers update on the stream. So uh, y'all can uh, do whatever you want. Have some time off. And what we didn't get to, which we might get to in a future show, is apparently in China's Guangdong province. Yeah. The delicacy there, if you're going to go out and have a nice dinner, is deep fried mice. Deep fried mice. That should be a I, key word for the week. I think I've seen a food truck in Austin that has that. If not, it's another business opportunity. And we're going to have to look at these if we don't get uh, donations for Thursday. According to customer Mo Lin, I've been eating mice for 10 years with no ill effects. You can fry them, roast them, or boil them. They're very sweet and tasty. Coming to you from the Drone Star State here in the capital. It's Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, send your RVs and your shipping containers. And remember us when you want to support the value for value model. In the morning. Yes, value for value. I'm Adam Curry. Value for value from Northern Silicon Valley at Dvorak.org slash NA, if you wouldn't mind. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A